0: This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by We Slaughter Barbecue and Gas Station in Muerto County, Texas. We Slaughter. We got some good barbecue. Why don't you stick around here a while?
1: I'm in the out with the Steve-O's, In Chicago's, and what alone come at the ground like
0: making a stand the smell of death is on the rim. and you not when the cold wind blows no one cares nobody knows
2: hello my name is Chris my name is Kelsey
0: and this is Pod Cemetery where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are and it's a double feature on Pod Cemetery With 1974's original, The Texas Chain Space Saw Massacre, (laughs) and the 2003 remake, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Chain
2: and saw are separated?
0: Uh Yeah, it's the evolution of language. (laughs) Eventually you use two words together so long that they just become one word. So yes, chainsaw, now widely popularly one word, but in the original, two words. So going to have to think about how I actually post this. I think I'll do it one word and then in the description you'll see the real titles. Before we get into our first movie, we just like to address the fact that this this episode is coming out off cycle. Hopefully we're going to get it out by Friday the 20th of August because that is the day that the 2003 remake takes place.
2: Yes, it was very exciting when we discovered that had we gotten this up. It would have been up before both days. Yes.
0: uh Uh-huh. It would have been perfectly timed for both days. The first movie takes place on the 18th of August. But unfortunately, there was a pretty severe sickness in this household. Yeah. And we couldn't even watch both movies within the week let alone record and edit and get it all posted. Yeah. So uh, don't worry. Sorry,
1: guys. It's,
0: it's not COVID, but it was basically incapacitating for about a week. Yes. So thank you very much for your patience. Instead of this going up, we said we were going to skip the week, and that's what we're doing. But instead of going up the normal time, we're going to try to get it up a little bit early Hopefully by Friday the 20th. So you'll know if you're listening to this on the day it releases. <laughs> Moving into our first movie, 1974's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, written by Kim Hankel and Toby Hooper, and directed by Toby Hooper, of course, starring Marilyn Burns, Edwin Neal, Jim C. Dow, Paul A. Partain, and Gunnar Hansen. What is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre about?
2: A group of teenagers are killed off one by one by a crazed family of cannibals in Texas on a summer day.
0: Yep. Yep, that's pretty accurate. Although, I don't know if you can call this a Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Right. How many people die from the chainsaw? One person
0: is killed by a chainsaw.
2: Only one.
0: Only one person, yeah. The chainsaw is prominent throughout.
2: It's used Uh heavily, but not necessarily for murder.
0: Yeah, Uh uh-huh. The movie is available with a subscription on many services, Fubo, Showtime, AMC+, Plus, DirecTV, Shudder, which is where we watched it, Spectrum On Demand, Arrow, and IMDb TV. You can rent it for $4 on most of those services, $3 if you have Alamo On Demand, I guess, and you can buy it for as low as $9 should people watch The Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Yes, but it is very scary, so be aware.
0: Yeah, we've told the story in the past that I had only seen the original and Kelsey had only seen the remake. Can you tell us about, just a little bit, we'll talk more about it when we get to that, but can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the remake?
2: Well, I understand why at 16 it scared me as much as it did. Uh Uh-huh. It does not have that effect at all anymore. And even, like, I don't have the visceral Fear anymore that I used to have You know where like I couldn't Function like it was Legitimate horror Like in a video game you know where you're On edge and you can't do certain things Like that's legitimately What my fear used to be That's the intensity I used to get from films I don't reach that Intensity anymore just does not happen Chucky is the only thing that gets Close to that I
0: mean if we talk about that There's like sort of a hierarchy Of those in your life, yes, and Chucky is at the very top, yes. Leatherface is probably at the very bottom of that list.
2: Uh, it's pretty, it, I,
0: Leprechaun, Gremlins, yeah.
2: Well, Leatherface was on that list for sure. Uh-huh. I did not like him, and I don't, I, I like him even less now. Um, <laughs> the and the it's because of the first film, and I mean, I knew, I knew going into it, like I said before, guys. There are so many video essays that I have watched over the years that have used so many clips from this film.
0: It sort of desensitized you?
2: Well, no, actually, it it just reinforced, I don't want to see this. Uh huh. Over and over and over again, it reinforced, I do not want to see this. It's going to be filled with imagery that is not going to be pleasant for me and is going to be, will have repercussions. And it wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's still very unpleasant. I do not like uh, the close-up shot. I hate it of him wearing the mask. the mask. Yeah, that is imprinted on my brain, uh-huh. and I wish it wasn't.
0: <laughs> and it's sort of. A popular thing to talk about when you talk about this original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is that it's not as gory as you think it's going to be. It's just a lot of implied violence. And And the implication of what happens to these kids is pretty intense.
2: And that's generally more scary Mm -hmm. for me. I know for some it's not. I know for some you have to see it or it's not scary to you. For me, it is usually more scary if it is implied. And usually when when it's just gore... I, I just get this is a movie,
0: which is which sort of explains why we're not the biggest fans of torture porn. Yeah, because there came a time in the two thousands, especially with movies like Hostel and other such things, where it's just like let's show it all, let's be the most disgusting and violent and gory that we could be, and it's like that's just not entertaining,
2: and it's not scary. Yeah. It's just gross and unpleasant to look at. And what I think happened here, and this was fascinating, we heard about this on another podcast, I think, Uh they mentioned that when the new, the remake came out, Uh that was before all that shit had come out.
0: Yeah, it's 2003, so we can talk about that a little bit more when we get to that movie, but yeah, it was the sort of beginning of horror movie remake culture, which became really, really big, and the gore era of like Rob Zombie and stuff like that, Eli Roth and like that sort of era. This sort of comes at the beginning of all of that.
2: And I just really wanted to touch on, because it has all of... I I think one of the few things it does successfully is bring a lot of the terror that came from the first one. Uh-huh. It did. It used as much of it as it could for the remake. Uh-huh. But then it also was using this whole new gore tactic, which at the time... 16 year old me Was not used to that You know
1: uh-huh.
2: A year later That would be all Horror was And it just You know It, it felt like a, It felt like You were just watching a movie yeah. Like a matte movie You uh-huh. know It didn't have that effect But this being The first one That also was drawing From the Legitimate terror mm-hmm. Of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre I think that's why All those factors combined And it was the first time They had used That kind of gore On yeah, me Yeah uh huh at
0: 16 years old It's like I think it really hit me in
2: the face. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: and this is actually really, really early on in this sort of slasher genre era. You know, it's before all the major slashers that we know of from the 80s. You know, and there were slashers in the 70s, Black Christmas. This is before all of that. I don't. I mean, would you call this is this is probably a slasher? But I guess the genre didn't really exist that much yet.
2: It's odd because it does have all of the makings of a slasher, Uh and yet I would not place it in that category because a slasher, I guess, slashers are more fun. Uh, Sure. Slashers are more about the creativity of the kills. This is more like, no, I want to legitimately terrorize you. uh I want you to be feeling the terror that these people are feeling. Whereas when you watch like a Halloween or a Friday the 13th, it's more about the creativity. Right.
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right. Because, I mean, this is the 70s, 1974. This is an era where kind of they didn't know necessarily what to call this slash the slasher subgenre didn't really exist yet this is more classified popularly as an exploitation horror Exactly
2: and Black Christmas I think walks that catwalk but uh-huh. it makes the slasher genre because it even more so has the like the the fun core fun Yeah
0: uh-huh and this is not Fun,
2: But no, like this whatsoever. is not fun at all. Black Christmas walks the line because it's still scary because the, the killer is legitimately uh-huh. scary in it.
0: And the idea of the co-eds being off, you know, in the 70s still had that exploitation feel a little bit, but yeah.
2: But it just didn't quite get into the just sheer terror uh-huh. zone that Texas Chainsaw Massacre wants to take you to. Mm-hmm. And I respect it for that.
0: Also famously a indie success story because it was made for practically nothing and you know it has that really gritty sort of real like it like we're actually people say it has a documentary feel not because like it has the structure of a documentary it's filmed in such a way where it's like this is really happening and there is no sort of cinema glean on it you know it's just raw and grounded which I think affects its impact quite a bit
2: and for me it's one of the few factors that helps separate me i know it sounds weird
0: what do you mean separate you
2: from it like because it's so saturated uh-huh. it doesn't seem real to me oh see,
0: that's the exact opposite for me yeah i know I, I mean i feel like the remake does that a lot more you know where it just feels like a movie and that lessens the impact for me mm. um Interestingly, this is before PG 13. Toby Hooper was shooting for a PG rating. That's why there's practically no gore in it. Uh, (laughs) But because of its sort of exploitation feel and all the implied horror, it's one of those moments where, like, you showed her nipple in the shower scene in Psycho. And it's like, no, we absolutely did not. We made the movie. We know, you know, but it doesn't matter. People still think they saw it. And then so, like, the ratings board is going to be this isn't, this is unrated. It's, X at the time. I think NC-17 might not have existed yet, I don't think. But PG-13 didn't either. So he was going for a PG. If you remember Spaceballs, <laughs> says fuck and that's a PG movie. <laughs> uh, Out of order! Fuck! Even in the future, nothing works! So they ended up cutting it down to an R. So it really wasn't even as low as they thought it was going to be. It was still an R, just because of how effective it is at conveying the terror without actually showing the gore. And honestly, props to them. For doing that. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and
0: a lot of filmmakers today, and especially around the time immediately after the remake, they just don't have that restraint.
2: Well, I mean, it, you have to placate to audiences. And I know audience members, I, you know, people that are younger than me that grew up with the Saw movies, that if they don't see it, It doesn't affect them at all. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Which is so strange because it's... The
0: desensitization. It's
2: such the opposite for me. Uh Uh-huh. It's so much more terrifying what I'm seeing in my head.
0: You could take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1974's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: What happened was true. bizarre and brutal series of crimes in america the texas chainsaw massacre even if one of them survives what will be left the texas chainsaw massacre after you stop screaming you'll start talking about it rated r all
0: right kelsey get us started how does the texas chainsaw massacre begin
2: With a narration that makes it sound as if this is a real thing that happened, and it absolutely is not. It's so good, though. It just straight up lies to its audience. Well,
0: yeah, it's an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. It never actually says it's real, but people sort of took that as real especially since it does start off with a lot of visuals and stuff like that that might feel like oh it's a real documentary i think it's
2: doing the exact same thing the blair witch project
0: did i disagree
2: trying to make it seem real
0: i would say in order of movies that try to make something that isn't real seem real there's blair witch project at the top somewhere in the middle is fargo where it says explicitly based on a true story, but it's absolutely not. And you watch you, the movie, you, you watch know it's Fargo, not.
2: you know it couldn't <laughs> have happened exactly.
0: And Which then is there's funny because
2: a lot of it did.
0: <laughs> well, generally, but it's not a true story. Yes, I. Know. And then and then I would put this under Fargo because Fargo at least explicitly says based on a true story. This never says that. Oh, it's an account of a thing that happened to kids. It's like, yeah, like all movies are accounts of things that happen to people. Like, there's nothing special about this that necessarily goes out of its way to make you think it's real. But it's filmmaking, coupled with the way it's set up, makes it sort sort of give that impression. By the way, John Larroquette, before he was famous, famous in quotes.
2: Who is that?
0: He's got famous from Night Court, but he's an actor that you've definitely seen.
2: Is he the main guy from Night Court? You mean the guy from It? No. Okay.
0: No, he's he's one of the attorneys
2: oh. in Night Court. It's fantastic.
0: I heard he did it for practically nothing. One account says that he did it for some pot, <laughs> and that's it. But a lot of these people did the entire movie for beans, basically.
2: <laughs> did they make a lot of money after it came out?
0: Uh, the movie did pretty well, yeah.
2: Well, I hope that in their contract they got money for I from certainly doubt it. I
0: certainly doubt that
2: it. That sucks. <laughs> that really sucks.
0: Yeah. I, I guess, mean, it was also banned in several countries, so maybe it didn't make it make that much at that point. But it is sort of an indie, I guess, I think in if I were, mega hit.
2: <laughs> I think if I were an actor, I would want to get in on the distribution sales or whatever it is that they are, you know, because... That you can always get so screwed if you don't get any of that.
0: Yeah, but we hear all the positive stories about like Jack Nicholson getting part of the Batman, Batman money and like things like that, like James Cameron putting in a hundred million of his own money or whatever to do Titanic. You know, these people made a lot of money, but it's also a tactic they use when they don't have any money to give you and they're like, fine, then you earn a percentage. Instead, and then if the money if the movie does poorly, you got paid practically nothing to do right, your job. Right,
2: but I mean that was kind of your choice to pick a movie that didn't that wasn't going to do well.
0: Right, but also this movie, I mean, if you think about when the time it was made and and everything about how it was made, this was no guarantee that it was going to do anything whatsoever. I
2: think we, if we've learned anything, it's the horror indie project that might make you the most money. I mean. Just well, yeah, because you
0: can make them for practically nothing. Mm-hmm. And this made over $30 million. So,
2: Did Toby Huber do all the sequels? Any no, sequels? he
0: did the second one, and he produced the remake. I don't know about the ones past that. Mm-hmm. So, we get that narration. We'll put it here. The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin... It is all the more tragic in that they were young, but had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then we see that this takes place August 18th, 1973.
2: Yes. And we are learning over the radio and we get to see some very graphic shots.
0: Oh, there's that shot of like the scarecrow corpse thing that's just like sitting there suspended in the air.
2: Yes, because they're talking about grave robbing in Texas.
0: This is where we get the relation to Ed Gein. You know, this and Psycho sourced off of Ed Gein famously though he didn't kill a whole lot of people he dug up corpses
2: yes he did kill some people he killed <laughs> some
0: especially his mother let's
2: not let, let's no not he is forget. a murderer
0: <laughs> but what he would do is he would dig up corpses and then he would skin them and use their skin on his furniture he created a suit for himself yes. uh, so yeah Ed Gein, sort of notorious especially before the concept of a uh, you know deranged psychopath killer was in the public consciousness as much as it was in, you know, the 70s and later. Uh, So it kind of shocked the nation. And this is sort of trying to create that same sensation. Uh, The grave robberies, what's happening? So why does that relate to our story and our characters specifically?
2: Because they have a grandfather in that cemetery. So they want to go and check on him to make sure that his grave has not been desecrated. Yes. Which turns out it hasn't been.
0: The people that we're talking about here are Sally, played by Marilyn Burns, and her brother Franklin, played by Paul Partain.
2: Let's deal with Franklin right away. Okay. I had always heard that Franklin is an annoying character. I had always heard that he's annoying. You know, what they always show you is the part where he is whining by himself. Yeah. And that he's, like, blowing raspberries. Raspberries is a big thing in this movie. Yes. (laughs) And, like, I've always heard that he's he's an annoying character. Finally sat down and watched the film, and I gotta say, guys... If I was in a wheelchair in the 70s and I was dealing with with what he's dealing with, I might be as annoying as he is. Now, yeah. he talks about weird shit. Like he likes to talk about slaughterhouses and shit And that's fucking weird That part makes me a little uncomfortable He's maybe
0: not the best person to hang out with Right? I don't think he's unreasonable
1: I do
2: not think he is unreasonable in any way I do not think that he is irritating I do not think that he is like a constant just Like at one point one of the characters says God we should just put him out of his misery So that we don't have to deal with him anymore Zero in the world and, the for the of our mission. and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, the treatment of people, invalids in this movie, is unbelievable. And the fact that so many people over the years have been telling me that I'm going to dislike this person.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And then I'm like, no, actually, I feel really sorry for this character. Yeah. It's it was very off putting. And if you want to make a case for why he's annoying, you go ahead and try. It's
0: also kind of weird that his name is Franklin because they mention that the family name is Franklin.
2: No way. Yes. I don't think that's true. No, I mean, it you is got that wrong. true.
0: No, it. I wrote it down here.
2: Maybe it means that his name's like Junior, like he's Franklin Junior. Well, apparently
0: it's called the Franklin House, I wrote down. According to Franklin, Franklin says that. And it belongs to their dad and his dad before him. So I wrote down, is Franklin Franklin Franklin? And apparently not. Their last name is something I don't have in front of me, but they have a different last name. But it's possible that he was named after his grandfather's yeah, so family junior. name.
2: yeah.
0: No, no, no. I mean the the grandfather's last name was franklin and it's called the franklin house but their last name isn't franklin because you know it's like his his mother's dad or whatever so they named him franklin after his mom's family mm. maybe that's the case but they don't address it but they say his name is franklin and his grandfather's house is called the franklin house mm-hmm. so it's like what is going on here and they never clarify that <laughs>
2: So we also get to meet the other couple that is hanging out with the brother and sister. Also, the sister has a boyfriend who's like 40.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really weird that we have Jerry, (laughs) who we saw, I think it was on uh, Dead Meets Kill Count of this movie, that he calls him Disco Stew, and yes, he looks like Disco Stew. Yes,
2: he does. And he's
0: way older than they are, very obviously. And he is Sally's boyfriend. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's Kirk and Pam. And Pam's the sort of like
2: hippie. Astrology. One. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's talking on and on about how everything is in retrograde, which means that basically only bad shit yeah, is ha- uh-huh. gonna happen to you. So it's no longer the time of the Aquarius. Okay, yes. people. Uh-huh. That time is over. Which, you know, is setting up the idea that they are going to all be mm-hmm. murdered. And I thought that was a very interesting. Thing to include like does the director like astrology
0: there are we could get really into all of the philosophical and academic analysis of this movie but yeah apparently it has something to do with Toby Hooper just being fascinated by the sky that's awesome that's why we get weirdly close-ups of the sun in red scale yes in the intro
2: mm-hmm So they get to the cemetery. Mm -hmm. Sally goes to find out that there's nothing wrong with her grandfather's grave. But while that's happening, Franklin, because he's in the wheelchair, is stuck stuck by himself. Uh Like, just just nobody ever.
0: Yeah, no, it fucking sucks.
2: Being a teacher and being around kids with With disabilities uh and special needs, I think has just really changed my outlook mm-hmm. on life and I can't I can't stand when people don't think about other people and how they have to deal with life. Uh-huh. But so Franklin is stuck in the van and the I guess this town drunk will start <laughs> talking to him about things that he knows that goes on. And I guess he's implying the Texas chainsaw shit. But why? <laughs>
0: This is just more of the Doom stuff. We get a little bit more of that with the cook that we'll meet later.
2: Except that he's in on it.
0: Yeah, but he's also a little bit of Doom saying, it seems like he's trying really hard, number one, not to scare them, and number two, to have them not go there.
2: But if you pay attention, I thought that too, Uh but if you pay attention, he very specifically says, stay here. Have some barbecue.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: I think he was planning but on don't go to
0: the house. poisoning
2: them and taking them to the house. Because he didn't want them up there because he – the idea is that he knew Leatherface was by himself, but then later well, he acts surprised to find out that Leatherface was by himself.
0: But what he's talking about telling them not to go is to not go to the Franklin house, their house. hmm Not – his house so but because he's like you don't want to be playing wants, around in those places I think you he don't want to go there keep yeah I there. think that makes a lot more sense you know of course they don't want people just wandering around their house if they want to kill somebody and cook them and eat them they do it on their terms exactly yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: but so but my question still stands about this town drunk like you know these things are happening and you don't do anything about it what? <laughs>
0: I don't think anybody explicitly knows. I just think they they know that weird stuff happens. Mm. And everyone here is weird. Everyone here is weird. Everyone here is weird. It's one of those sorts of things when you go to a small town, it's really fucking creepy.
2: Well, you'd think so, but then you find out that these kids used to come to this place all the time.
0: When they were little... They used to come here because it was their grandparents' place. It was the place that their parents grew up, mm-hmm. you know?
2: So after they find out that there's nothing wrong with the grave, they decide to go and drive by their grandparents' old house. Well, to get there, they have to drive by the quote-unquote old slaughterhouse. Now, they say, what's that smell? Uh-huh. And there are cows there, but he calls it the old slaughterhouse. So I'm like, is it... Is I, don't,
0: I don't think necessarily that means it's not an operation.
2: Okay, so it is still an operation. I would assume so, yeah. Okay. So this, because they are talking about the slaughterhouse, that will prompt Franklin to go on his diatribe. And yes, this is the one part that I'm like, okay, we don't need Uh to do that conversation. This is the part that would make me uncomfortable and weirded out by Franklin. And I don't know what his goal is. Is his goal to creep everybody out? Or is it literally just that he's interested in it? I think it's just that he's interested
0: in it. But no
2: one else is engaging with him. I don't
0: think Franklin is the type to care about that. I think this is one of the reasons why people say they don't like Franklin. Because he just talks about whatever he wants to talk about and kind of doesn't (laughs) care or is incapable of caring if other people are interested in that or if it's bothering them.
2: Right. And again... If we're thinking of him as a disabled person, uh-huh. that could be part of his disability. Uh-huh. And again, I mean, you just, you, you learn to deal with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They get stuck on ideas and that's what they talk about. I guess that's yeah. a really good point. I never thought about it that way. But so he's talking about the way, the various ways that they killed cows. And while they're talking about this, they see a hitchhiker. Yeah. When did hitchhikers famously become murderers? Who would you say made that famous?
0: I don't know about a specific person, but probably around the 70s going into the 80s.
2: That's when people started to really- I
0: assume so. I don't have a lot of evidence to back that up, but that's my guess. When people started getting really wary about things like serial killers-
2: hmm So, I guess it's... I mean, there was a time when this happened. There was a time when people did this uh-huh. to get around. Yeah. It but just, I mean, from our perspective, it just seems insane.
0: Right. But it, it, this is also... We've heard say that this is sort of like... It's saying, or maybe not saying, but representing the reality that the 60s are over. Like, you say it's the end of the Age of Aquarius the age where a bunch of hippies could just get out a sign you know and then people have bumper stickers that say gas ass or grass no one rides for free <laughs> you know like that like that age is ending now you should be terrified of other people
2: mhm yes is it supposed to be
0: I like a port wine stain, I think.
2: Is that what it is? I, I
0: think that is it's what it is. It's not just yeah,
2: blood uh, on his face. No. Because uh, it was impossible to tell. No,
0: I think it's supposed to be a birthmark.
2: Okay. Yeah. So it kind of sucks that she says, oh, don't pick him up, he's weird looking. Yeah, he looks
0: weird. Well, he does look weird even without that.
2: You know that's probably what she's talking yeah, about.
0: Probably, well, it's part of it. Yeah, I think she, that, that he looks creepy, and I'm sure that contributes to her opinion on that.
2: Yeah. But so... He is very scary from the get-go, and I don't know why they would pick a guy up.
0: This is Edwin Neal?
2: In the remake, I actually think they're going to make a better case for why they would pick someone up. Uh Uh-huh. Because they already had, and it had gone well.
0: Yeah. Well, also, it seemed like a scenario where, in the remake... It's just another girl. Yeah, uh uh-huh, who seems out of it and needs help.
2: Whereas this is just a crazy man. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know that – I mean, you already have a guy in a wheelchair, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. do you really want to bring in someone –
0: Some stranger. Yeah. Yeah. uh So they do. They pick up (laughs) the hitchhiker, and he is weird and socially awkward, especially when you consider the family he was raised in that we find out later –
2: But Franklin likes him because he wants to talk about Slaughterhouse stuff. Yeah,
0: he's worked in Slaughterhouses before. He shares, and he has like this little animal skin pouch that he has on him. He shares photographs of meat being processed in a Slaughterhouse and, you know, shares them around and it's really fucking with everyone else. But Franklin's like, oh my God, this is exactly what I'm talking about.
2: Yes, and he is talking about how the sledgehammer was better Than the... The
0: old ways, you know, are better than the new way with the pneumatic gun.
2: Which really confuses Franklin.
0: He's like, what? I I thought the pneumatic gun was better because it killed them reliably and quickly.
2: And the fact that Franklin is legitimately like, I want to discuss this... Yeah, uh uh-huh. ...does kind of reinforce what we were saying, that maybe it is part of... Just a
0: topic that he... Yeah, yeah, it uh is just
2: a topic that he is just fascinated with. And it's odd because... Franklin is looking at it simply from the perspective of what is going to do it well and what's Uh going to do it fast. Uh Uh-huh. The reason the hitchhiker is saying the sledgehammer is better is because his family was taken out of jobs
1: when they uh took
2: away the sledgehammer. Yep. So that is a very odd layer to this film. Uh Uh-huh. Which I don't even really like to get into because I think the metaphor is weak. But there's this whole metaphor going on with, you're the one who brought it up to me, yeah. the meat, eater, meat eaters vegetarianism, vegetarian. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think this is a big lens that you can look at the entire movie through, but I think specifically there are moments where they are pretty much explicitly saying, you know, hey, being a meat eater in modern society is really fucking weird, isn't it? So I still think that that holds up. I think more importantly, it reinforces for this person that the old ways are better ways. And it doesn't matter if something actually is more effective. It doesn't matter if it's better for the animals. If they're going to go, this would be a better way to go. None of that really matters.
2: What matters is tradition and job holding. Yeah, uh-huh. And being they able to provide.
0: Yeah, uh-huh.
2: And that's, you know, that's a whole other factor going on here. It's blaming
0: the wrong things for the parts of society that are really poor and destitute. Yes. It's it's not the new technology that is making you poor. It's the way our society is set up that is making you poor.
2: right. Once we are able to take away a job, we should be able to find a new job for those people. It shouldn't just be, well, now you're useless. Mm -hmm. The
0: fact that your family and in many cases entire towns, their well-being is entirely based on a single aspect of the economy is pretty – it's a pretty fucked up way to run – a society, and this is an example of
2: that. But then again, it's also saying that what will happen to these people, they'll become depraved if we take that away from them. And that's really fucked up, too. Yeah.
0: Again, there's more philosophical stuff you can get into <laughs> about what this is saying about the working class and all of that. But I think more importantly, with this specific topic, is that part of the reason why they are the way they are is because society did not take care of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But then again, it's their response, it's their reaction. Oh, it's
0: entirely their responsibility for their own behaviors. Yes.
2: So that's where I'm saying that it becomes weak in my mind. Uh-huh. It's like I see what you're saying, but then I don't you think that relates
0: do? to the vegetarian part of it though.
2: I do because it comes up a lot with uh, the cook for me. I okay. don't like the way that they've handled the cook.
0: Okay. So what happens with this hitchhiker? What's the big moment?
2: He ends up taking, oh, we haven't mentioned, Franklin's been playing with a knife this whole time for no apparent reason, just to freak kids out.
0: He's like digging, cleaning his nails and stuff, and he thinks that, oh, he has a knife. It's kind of cool. (laughs) This is going to be really, again, getting into that philosophical stuff, but Franklin not having a lot of power in the position that he's in, being at the whim of everyone around him is a problem, and having something like a knife is cool and powerful. And it's his only way to express any sort of power Mm -hmm. is by having this knife. And I think that also sort of relates back to the cannibal family, you know, with how they express power.
2: Oh, yeah. It's still really fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But so the hitchhiker is going to steal the knife away from Franklin. He's going to first cut himself, which is going to freak everyone out. And then he's going to take a picture. Does
0: that happen after the cutting himself? I think so. Yeah, he'll take a picture. He It's like a he's like a hustler on the street where he's like, OK, two dollars for the picture. Frank is like, what? You never said you were going to sell it to me. I didn't ask for you to take this picture. That's a that's a rip off. Take it back. I don't want it. And he ends up putting it in some foil. Burns it. Well, yeah. And puts some gunpowder on it and lights it on fire in the van, destroying the picture.
2: Which then freaks them out even more. And then he will proceed to cut yeah. Franklin's I, arm for I, no reason. I don't
0: want to pass up that it seems a little ritualistic that he sets a picture of someone who will be a future victim on fire in order to destroy it. Like there's something a little ritualistic about that. And there are things you can say more about the rituals that this family has. And I think this is part of it. If you haven't gathered by now, the hitchhiker is part of the cannibal family. (laughs) But yeah, he's like, well, you have a knife. I have a knife too. And he whips out a straight razor and cuts. You know that's probably the most graphic violence that you get in the movie. He cuts through Franklin's arm, and it looks incredible. Mm-hmm. The way it just gushes blood is is crazy. And they need to force him out of the van and chase him off. And he ends up wiping his own blood on the side of the van mm-hmm. as they drive off, and he leaves. The, and they leave him behind.
2: And I want to say that all of this scene is just riddled with tension. Yeah. Uh, You're in
0: this tiny little van
2: Tiny van, you don't know what this person's gonna do He doesn't end up doing a lot, but the entire scene is gripping Yeah,
0: you just—you you, he's unpredictable
2: mm-hmm. yeah. I'd like to point out that as soon as they kick the guy out The chick with the astrology is like Sorry, Franklin, it says here you've got some bad days ahead of you
0: <laughs> Yeah uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Well, got news for you, sister, you all do
0: You all do, yeah
2: but – so they end up stopping at a gas station, which apparently – we didn't know this because we weren't alive during the 70s – there was a gas
0: uh, – Oh, yeah. Well, I knew there was a, a gas crisis in oh, the Oh,
2: well, good for that you, Mr. Famously, Historical Information. Famously, there was –
0: yeah, he claims he doesn't have any gas, but I don't think that's necessary for this gas station out in the middle of nowhere True. to be out of gas. I think I've think
2: been to gas stations right. that aren't even close to as in the middle of nowhere that haven't had gas. Right.
0: And so it, it just makes it feel a little bit more isolated and backwards is, I think, what it contributes to. But it, it could, could al- also be a commentary on the gas crisis of the 70s.
2: It could also just be an excuse to have to get them to stay.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Don't got any gas. Not gonna I be here till tomorrow.
0: Tomorrow, yeah, uh huh.
2: Gotta stay here.
0: But yeah, this was around the time, late '73, was the gas crisis.
2: But so that's this is where they're gonna ask, "Where's the old Franklin place?" And I thought, having never seen this before, uh-huh. and having only seen the remake, uh-huh. I thought their insider in the town was the sheriff.
0: Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So
2: I literally. Had, had no, no idea, idea that this dude was in on it. That he was in on it. Because uh-huh. that's not in the remake. Yeah. So, I wrote down, ah, the harbinger. The harbinger, yeah. He's trying to warn them a whole hell of a lot.
0: Well, that's why I think there's, a, there, there's sort of a combined harbinger. There's the drunk at the cemetery and the cook here. We call but, him the cook because it's also a barbecue place.
2: Yeah, but because he's in on it, he is no longer... Well, I guess the harbinger isn't on it in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. But he does act sort of as a harbinger.
2: But in reality, I think what we said earlier is true. He knows but also doesn't know that Leatherface is alone. Yeah. He would rather handle these folks by himself. Yeah. Than have them go off up there without a Or at the very
0: least, stick around long enough to where maybe we can do something. Yes. You know. Yeah. We
2: can get them all poisoned, and all the, knocked the out. the implication
0: is that the barbecue that they make is from people.
2: Yes. And I didn't even recognize that they ate there, but apparently they did. They,
0: at the very least, leave with a bag of barbecue, and Franklin does eat it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, they're like, well, you know what, if it's not going to be here till tomorrow, do you think we could make it to the house on the gas we do have? And the driver, Jerry, is like, if we run out of gas trying to get to this house... Sally, it's your fault or whatever, you know. But, yeah, they're going to try to go there, spend the night there, and then go back to the gas
2: station. This is the one issue that I take up with with Franklin. They are running low on gas, and he desperately wants to see his granddad's house. Like, it is super vital to him that Uh they go to this house, right? I mean, if you're out
0: there, wouldn't it be vital to you, too?
2: But they get there, and they all abandon him. Yeah. So he can't see the house at all. But it's like, he's so mad that they abandoned him. But it's like, at this point, you should kind of know that they're going to. And you're upset that they, quote unquote, told you it was going to be a fun day. But you're the one that pushed to see the granddad's house. Yeah. Uh, That's sure. the one moment where I'm like, Franklin, mm-mm, you this don't is, get to have it both ways. This is
0: kind of a famous Franklin moment where they help him out of the van They all go inside, and he has to push himself through the grass and over the threshold and all of that on his own. And he's getting frustrated, and he does the whole come on, Franklin, it's gonna be a fun trip.
1: Come on, Franklin, it's gonna be a fun trip. (laughs) If I have any more fun today, I don't think I'm gonna be able to take it.
0: If I have any more fun today, I don't think I'm going to be able to take it. And he famously blows the raspberries. Mm-hmm. It's a very, come out to the coast. We'll, we'll have, have a, a few laughs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs.
2: Yes. but That's literally the only moment that I'm like, you don't get to say that they told you it would be a fun time when you're the one that pushed to see the house.
0: Well, he is talking about how it's going to be a fun trip. So maybe the house is just a side benefit. Inviting him along on the fun trip, I think, is that that's what he's upset about, is because you guys invited me insisting that we were going to have a good time. But they end up kind of ditching him entirely. Where Jerry and Sally go upstairs and Kirk and Pam go to the old swimming hole.
2: Which doesn't exist anymore. It's all dried up. It's such a disappointment. It would be a huge
0: disappointment, but they go out on their own. (laughs) And that's what's gonna kind of spur a lot of this. Not to say that something wouldn't have happened because the cook and the hitchhiker both knew they were there. At least the cook knew specifically where they were.
2: But if they had not gone off by themselves, this not this would not have happened.
0: Well, what I'm saying is that theoretically, had they not gone off by themselves and stayed the night in this house, the cook knew where they were going.
2: I suppose. Something
0: bad still could
2: have happened. Could have, yeah. yes. To definitely would have, only if they gone off by themselves. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so they do. They go off by themselves. What else happens?
2: So, what's Pam's boyfriend's name? Kirk. Kirk. Kirk, I believe, is the first one who goes up to the house.
0: Yeah, so they see the house and they go to visit it. We, this is also where we get the first look at all the cars that they have on the property. They have a bunch of cars all covered up. and it makes you go, hmm.
2: Yeah, which for me, I'm like, as soon as I see that, I know. But Chris says- They don't
0: see them, number one. The camera sees them. Oh. I don't think they do in okay. this one. In the remake, they do see them.
2: But, but yes. But Chris says no, that out, that's
0: not a big deal. Out in the middle of nowhere where everything's weed covered and everything, beat up vehicles that are just one, run down and on property is normal.
2: One? Yeah. Yeah. A ton of them? We're getting the hell out of Dodge. No,
0: but when you have these, like, big pieces of property, and a lot of people that are, you know, sort of amateur mechanics and stuff like that, like, they're it's not uncommon for a car to be, like, sold for, like, a hundred bucks, if that, especially back then. I mean, remember Christine and how much that car was sold for? Like... It's not uncommon for people to just have beat up cars on their property in areas like this, but we know specifically what this is. These are people passing through who have been killed,
2: so I guess Kirk is going up to the main house to see if they have gas, right? oh, because they have they find the generator, yeah, there's a generator the
0: there's a generator running, and they need the gas. Gas is not an issue in the remake,
2: okay. Kirk will find a tooth, yeah. And we'll scare Pam with it. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, no, I wouldn't go in. I found yeah. a human tooth outside. No, I'm not going inside this house. Uh-huh. Something, something's gone on in here that I don't want to know about. Yeah. Would you?
0: Well, I mean, I wouldn't have gone in regardless of the tooth. I would have gone around the back first. I would have tried to find out where that generator is. And if nobody answered, I'd be like, well, maybe we can come back later and check on them.
2: So, Kirk goes up to investigate. I gotta say, his incompetence is a little unbelievable. Going into the house, hearing a pig squealing, not being afraid, kind of led to his death.
0: I mean, yeah, but again, this is leading into the be wary of strangers. like Because in the 70s and earlier, especially in small towns, I've talked about it on the show before, there is this culture of trust. And you can't, your, your front door is unlocked. And if somebody comes into your house, they're a friendly stranger, they need something or whatever, you know, like, it's not so unusual to just walk into somebody's house if you need something and the door is open and you're knocking and nobody's responding. I mentioned this before, my grandpa used to keep his keys in the truck when we'd go into the hardware store or whatever up in this small town in Northern California on the Oregon border. And like... You just trusted people because nobody did anything like that. Nobody stole cars. Nobody robbed houses in these small towns. It just I, wasn't a thing.
2: I guess I just never lived in that society. Yeah, that was never a society. I well,
0: knew. and 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 part of what contributed to this sort of closed-in thing is serial
2: killers. I grew up in unlocking your doors. Times. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know, you lock your fucking doors, and you don't just walk into somebody's house if their door is unlocked. Now, is it trespassing? Yes Should he have done it? Even regardless of the fact that he got killed? Probably not But it isn't so unusual is my point
2: Well, Kirk will get a fast, very scary death
0: Yeah, so he goes into the house He just walks into the house And she's like, I'm gonna stay out here Because
2: it's weird looking Yeah,
0: nobody's answering He goes into the house And it is There's weird shit on the walls and stuff And there's a
2: But he hears something
0: Yeah, he hears something in the back And there's that's where the metal sliding door is, which goes to sort of like the slaughter room. Mm -hmm. And all the bones and skulls and things like that on the back wall, which is red. It's very iconic. Yes. And he goes up to that and just out comes Leatherface with a hammer and just bops him over the head. And just like with the cows, he doesn't die right away. He just starts twitching. And that fucking twitching is...
2: Very scary. Oh,
0: man. Pleasant, yes. And then he hits him again, and he drags him back and slams the gates shut.
2: Not a lot is happening, but it is enough to terrify. Yeah.
1: The slamming of
2: the door is scary. So good. The the mask itself is petrifying. I hate that mask so fucking much. We'll talk about
0: it, but he has three of them throughout the movie. I
2: hate it so much. The like. We have, what are those things called? We subscribe to, or we used to subscribe to a lot of those, like, box things that you'd get
0: Oh, like, um, Loot Crate or something like that Yeah, way and back And one when. of them
2: has this, like, doll version Oh yeah, of uh-huh, him. I of face. I It's still in the plastic bag, and I won't touch it I, I don't <laughs> like it at all
0: He's really fucking creepy. He's but very again, creepy. But again, this is a person who's disabled and yes, who is Yes, you feel mistreated. very
2: sorry for him, but he's terrifying. He's
0: still a killer, but... He's a killer because he was groomed to be a killer and he was treated really fucking poorly by the people who are supposed to take care of him. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is that sort of like disability ableism, you know, negative treatment of of the neurodiverse. Like that's a lot of what's going on in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then we get the iconic Daniel Pearl shot, who's the cinematographer in both movies, by the way.
2: That's why the cinematography is so great. It's so fucking, we haven't
0: talked about the cinematography yet. (laughs) There are shots in this movie that are just so incredible, including one that it feels like Little Miss Sunshine stole from it, where it's a big landscape, and then there's a van driving and a person running after it. Like, that's in Little Miss Sunshine. (laughs) So, yeah, it's the, the cinematography is incredible in this movie, and we get the one shot that this movie is known for. If you were to pick out one incredible shot, it'd be this one. But there are tons. So we'll talk about the rest of them. But Pam is sitting on this sort of like swing bench thing, and then she gets up and walks towards the house. I don't remember if she heard something or it's just been too long.
2: I think it's just been too long. And
0: the camera follows her, but it goes underneath the bench. And then it maintains that low angle as she's looking up at the house.
2: Which gives the house a very eerie... Oh,
0: God, it's just so good. Apparently, this was one that was not originally in the storyboards. So Pearl and Hooper had to fight with the production company to allow them to do it. And I think they threatened to leave... If they didn't get it, I think that's the story, until finally the production company was the first to back down and let them get it, and I'm it just, ended up being worth it.
2: I'm just surprised that a production company would be so against just doing a shot that wasn't in
0: Again, them. it's really fucking low budget. They can't afford to just let their director go off and do whatever they want. A lot of these productions are, here's the shot list, this is what we need to get, you don't have any money or time to do anything but what's on this list.
2: Hmm. But so she will enter the house. Her outfit is outstanding. I love her outfit. Yeah, I, honestly, I think that if I was going to pick somebody to dress up as from this movie, it would be her. She has this
0: sort of halter one piece bathing suit because they remember they were going down to the to the uh, swimming hole, mm-hmm. uh, but she's been wearing it this whole time. And then oh, so it has this like really low plunging back, so you see her entire back, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, she's wearing these red cut off sort of Daisy Duke shorts.
2: Almost are they? Almost look corduroy. They're
0: like corduroy or jean. I don't remember. They're I think really corduroy. Cute. May, Whatever might be, they are, right? Yeah.
2: I so want. to- It's an iconic th- I think, look. I think I want want to dress up as her.
0: And she's wearing sandals. And as she goes to inspect it, she doesn't go to the back hall. No, she goes to the left where there's a curtain. And as she passes through the curtain, she trips over like a vase or something like that and falls. And this room is full of animal and human bones, and
2: and feathers and
0: feathers everywhere. And there's just like a chicken, a live chicken now, in a cage.
2: Unless it's like a skull bone, can you really tell if it's a human bone?
0: Well, there's the uh, the the couch. Which is full of human bones. Oh,
2: okay. But could, could, I mean, I don't know that I would be able to tell.
0: Size and shape is a big part of that.
2: But steers, I mean, Yeah, but they huge? have different
0: shapes and they, they're, their bones in, a, in many cases are bigger. Right, but, but I'm then I'm like is know
2: that I would know.
0: Then we have like hip bones on that couch. She sees that couch and there's like, I think there's a, there might even be a skull. And there's like arms with hands and stuff like that. There's a lot of hands in this movie. So she immediately gets terrified. As well she should. She freaks out, she screams, she runs. She goes towards that back hall, I think, instead of out the front door. And that's when Leatherface reveals himself again. She tries to run out the front door. Another iconic shot. She bursts through the screen door. He grabs her from behind and then yanks her back in. He pulls her into the back room and we see that back room for the first time. Kirk's body is lying on a table, already dead. And then he just mounts her on a meat hook.
2: I hate it, it's so scary, I remember that in the remake scaring yeah, uh-huh. me, and it scares me here, and people say that that's not graphic, I think it's pretty, I mean like- Well, because you no, don't, I don't see it go in. Yeah, I guess yeah. you don't see it go in, you but just if you, know that if she's you been did, mounted. it wouldn't look real.
0: Well, we get it in the remake.
2: Do you actually see it in the
0: remake? With the dude, yeah, I remember they're like trying to lift him off, we see it go in the uh, first time. I guess time. you just can't
2: really tell because it's so dark.
0: Yeah, it's a very dark movie. And he leaves her there as she's screaming and crying and then grabs the chainsaw, which we see for the first time, and starts cutting up Kirk's body.
2: And she's watching. Yeah. And gosh, I just hate that mask. Mm -hmm. It's very scary. Very effective. Very, very effective. Meanwhile, back in the van, Jerry is taunting Franklin about the fact that the hitchhiker is going to come around and kill him. And the sister, thank God, is like, Jerry, but it's just like, Jesus Christ, yeah, uh-huh. this poor guy, you're, like, taunting, like, it's really weird and unsettling how they treat Franklin, and yet yeah. we're supposed to not like Franklin. So, Jerry goes off to find out where the hell Kirk and Pam are, because everybody's ready to go at this point. So, Sally is upset because now Jerry's gone, Jerry being her 40-year-old boyfriend.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and Franklin is trying to get Sally's attention, and she just won't respond to him. And then finally she's like, what now? And he's like, never mind. And it's like, God, this guy is just beaten down. Uh-huh. His sister just completely ignores his existence until she can't stand so it. So I just feel really bad for Franklin, because she will ignore him until she is at her wit's end, and then she responds to him with malice. It's just, it it just sounds, it just seems like a kicked dog, never mind. Uh, Right, yeah. forget that I exist, because Uh all I do is cause you anger. Now, I get that she's got other things going on, but still, it is frustrating. Meanwhile, Jerry goes up to the house and sees the jacket of Kirk, which, again, should have been enough. Like... He's saying, hello, there's no responses, you see your friend's jacket, something weird happened, you need to get the hell out of there. But that's not what he does. He decides to play hero, or he just assumes that they're, as he puts it, goofing on him.
0: Yeah, uh uh-huh.
2: Hey guys, quit playing games, quit goofing on me. But he's walking around inside the house and he hears some knocking from the freezer area.
0: Yeah, so he goes into that back area behind the metal sliding door, and he's looking around at the slaughter room, and Kirk's already gone by this point, I think, but he hears the banging in the freezer, opens it up, and there's Pam.
2: Who doesn't do anything for a second, and then she moves. Right, yeah. Which I guess I understand. I get how shivers work. Uh- <laughs> I understand. When your body seizes up in between, I get it. Before he can do anything about helping her, what happens?
0: In comes Leatherface with the hammer again and knocks him over the head. This should probably be called Texas Mallet Massacre.
2: Yes, exactly. And this is when we get an interesting shot. And I wrote down, why are we seeing this? And it wasn't until after I'd seen the entire movie that I realized that this movie is doing a lot more with the character of Leatherface than...
0: You maybe anticipate? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So I, I was like, why is he upset? And I asked Chris, and Chris was like, well, he's all by himself. Mm-hmm. And I just hadn't thought of this crazy maniacal killer as being afraid and confused. Yeah. You know, that's not something you ordinarily put together. And I thought that was a very interesting thought exercise. Yeah. Uh-huh. That he, he, he is not afraid to kill people he is afraid because normally there are other people around helping him, guiding him, Mm -hmm. and these people are coming out of nowhere, which I think is very interesting. So I guess it really is all the hitchhiker's fault for leaving his brother alone for the day.
0: Well, I mean, imagine he would have helped him, Mm -hmm. but they still would have been killing them, I assume.
2: No, but what I mean is it's his fault that she did get away.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
2: And I thought that the guy, without ever saying a real word, does a really good job. Gunnar
0: Hansen, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Of depicting a scared and confused person. Yeah. In, and yet in a and getting no towering, lines. scary <laughs> yeah. person at the same time. So now all that we have left are the siblings, Franklin and Sally. Sally. And Sally does not want to leave without Jerry. She wants to go and find him. Franklin, being stuck in the chair and it being nighttime now, is like, I really do not want to do this. I don't want to go traipsing around looking for them. And he brings up a good point. It's now dark outside. They're obviously lost. What makes you think we're not going to get lost?
0: And I'm in a wheelchair. Right. He also, they also get into an argument about his knife because he can't find his knife. He tells her. That the last time I had it was when I gave it to you. And she's like, well, I must have given it back to you. He says, no, I don't have it. You didn't give it back to me. And so there's a little bit of argument there. That's also Franklin is without his only sense of power, which is just this little teeny pocket knife.
2: Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I'm just going to leave and look for them. You stay here because I, I can't push you around. Uh-huh. Um and Franklin won't have it. He's like He's, fuck that. Either yeah, we're
0: both he, staying here or we're both going. You
2: can't leave uh-huh. me. Like I am completely defenseless. What the fuck? Yeah. And I I think this is a totally messed up move on her part. What uh, what does she think she's going to be able to do that her 40-year-old boyfriend could not do? Right.
0: At night, too.
2: Yes. And also Franklin won't give her the flashlight. Uh-huh. Which he has. So that's his only leverage to get her to take him with her. Uh And she does end up taking him. Also, though, I think Jerry has the keys. So they couldn't even drive if they wanted to. But so she is struggling to push her brother through the brush. Uh And oh, good God, is it terrifying when he comes out of the night.
0: Yeah, so it's like completely pitch black. They don't do a lot of like set lighting that you would expect in a film, which is again more of the how they make it feel more real. And yeah, he just he does just kind of come out of nowhere with the wide eyes and it's oh man.
2: Very it, effective again. This
0: whole time he's wearing the one mask, which is called the the killing mask. And he comes out with his chainsaw and goes right in on Franklin killing Franklin. The one chainsaw death in the entire movie.
2: That's the only That's one. That's the
0: only one. Then there's a chase scene, which, according to Gunnar Hansen, was a little bit ridiculous because Marilyn Burns, who plays Sally, is hysterical and running, and she didn't run very fast. She's kind of flailing her arms and
2: "Ah, ah, ah, ah," and running away. Like scream.
0: Yeah. And and he is like, oh, God, I can't remember his actual height. He's like 6'4 or something like that. He's a really tall dude with a long stride. And... He has to, like, occupy himself in order to not catch up with her. So you see him, like, cutting down branches in his way that he doesn't need to cut down just because it slows him down. Because otherwise he would have caught up to her. And that's the only way to make this chase believable. And it's like, that was entirely on me because she just was not moving.
2: <laughs> now, are you saying he was using a real chainsaw in this in this chase scene?
0: Yes. In most of the movie he's using a real chainsaw.
2: And that wasn't deemed as extremely dangerous? Oh, well,
0: sure it was. It's a it's an indie exploitation movie from the 70s, though. When he cuts his leg later, that is a real chainsaw really running.
2: It cut his leg? No.
0: I'll tell you how they did it when we get there.
2: Oh, my God. He's chasing her through the brush. She runs to the house thinking she's found safety. Not
0: the Franklin house, but the cannibal house. The
2: cannibal house. She runs in. She runs all the way up to the upstairs attic. I don't know why. Uh Uh-huh. And she finds what appears to be a dead couple sitting in the attic. No, She begs them for help. A
0: dead man. There's no couple.
2: There's two people. There are? Yeah. There's a second person. Oh. There's the grandfather and somebody else.
0: I don't remember the somebody else, but yeah. More particularly, finds the grandfather sitting in a chair, begs for help, no reaction, must be dead.
2: Right. Because it looks dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So then, of course, Leatherface is running after her and he ends up ruining his own door, which I wrote down at the time. I was like, why is he ruining his own door? And this will become a point of contention between him and his older brother later. Yeah. <laughs> but so she tries to get help from these people. They can't. He runs up after her. And she is forced to jump out of a window. Uh Uh-huh.
0: One of two times she does that in this movie. Yes. So she just smashes through a window and, and runs away and ends up making it back to the gas station. Yes. Where she runs into the cook again. And reminder, we don't know the cook has anything to do with this.
2: Right. She is begging him to call the police. And for some reason, Leatherface has just stopped chasing after her Uh at this point.
0: We can assume she thinks, well, she's made it to civilization, in quotes. That's why. He knows he can't just come running in with a chainsaw and kill somebody because there's somebody else here.
2: But he explains that he doesn't have a phone, so they're just going to have to drive. Mm -hmm. So he'll go get his truck. Except that when he comes back... It's very obvious that he does not have good intentions. He
0: has a, what are they called? The sack. He has like a a hessian sack, a burlap sack, and uh, uh, some rope. And she realizes, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And so she picks up a knife that is there because it's a barbecue place and goes to attack him. But he has a broom and he just knocks it out of her hand and then just repeatedly swats her with the end of this broom Like, it's disrespectful, almost, how he's just fucking with her. Mm -hmm. Like, he's smacking her and laughing Mm -hmm. until he can actually tie her up.
2: And this is the part that I really think loosens their hold on their metaphor. Because the cook is supposed to be, according to you...
0: It's the killing that's the point. The torture, the cruelty... That's, he can he can accept, he can live with that.
2: Why? It's the
0: killing that he doesn't like.
2: But I thought this was supposed to be a metaphor for meat eaters.
0: Because if you live in a society where you eat meat, and to be clear, I am an omnivore. I eat meat. I understand there's a lot of fucked up shit that happens in our meat processing plants. And it's very difficult for me to reconcile that.
2: Same here, but I don't participate in it.
0: But that's part of the thing. First of all... There are hunters that exist that kill for food, but they're still killing. Uh, but
2: they don't torture their animals. No.
0: And there are people that are cruel. And maybe it's that the disregard for the conditions that these animals are in is cruelty. The one character that represents the meat eater that wants to stay oblivious to all the bad things that happen to animals, that is, the cook, is, the, is one who is also very, very cruel the movie's telling you that you can't get away from the cruelty by not being the one to do the slaughtering. Just participating is cruel.
2: I guess it's because I it's because I know it's such a conundrum because I have I have vegetarian friends that are just they you know they look at me and they're just like, you need to shut the fuck up. I understand. but from my perspective, I'm such an animal lover. Uh-huh. I know that's so weird that I eat animals. But because of that, I take major offense to the cook, being supposedly being a metaphor for me.
0: Well, maybe you should.
2: So I should become a vegetarian, I know. Well, I I think everyone (laughs) should
0: become a vegetarian, but there's a difference between should and actually doing it. I recognize that it is a moral failing. Yes. So anyway, he carries her into the truck and continues to sort of torment her. He talks to her respectfully, so there is this sort of, like... Outward respectfulness and propriety.
2: And he does sometimes look like he genuinely feels bad for her. Yeah,
0: he's like, oh, I'm really sorry that yada, yada, yada.
2: But like legitimately. Uh
0: But then he starts like tapping on her and and laughing. I think it helps. He's a little bit insane. Yes. So as he's driving by.
2: He recognizes the hitchhiker.
0: Yep. And stops. And you're like, oh, my God, it's the hitchhiker. And then he talks to him.
2: He's really mad at him, and he's
0: very, very mad. What the fuck did you do? You left him home alone. What were? And then he like beats him. Another great shot of him beating the hitchhiker in front of the headlights of the truck. Just a killer shot.
2: And there's a line here that they can't come back from, so they said it. What's the line? The whole county will be out here if anyone got a, got away. You damn fool, you almost
1: got caught over a dude. <laughs> no, no, they didn't see me. They don't know nothing. I told you to stay away from that graveyard. <laughs> girl out of the car. Right, get her out. Get her out of there, Kurt. Okay? Get her out of there. Well, oh, that your brother didn't let any of those kids get away from get her in there. Oh, county ass. Have you got any
2: self-respect? Look what your brother did to that star. Yeah, he's got no, no pride in his home. Now, I know in the sequel they're going to make it that their inside man is the sheriff. Uh-huh. They already said that line, so I'm not happy.
0: How there continues to be more sequels?
2: Yeah, because that she line... She does get away. That
0: Shouldn't the whole county and, be on them? And
2: the beginning implies that they are.
0: Well, we haven't seen the second one.
2: You're right. With,
0: with uh, You're right. Hooper. Uh, Hopper. Hooper. <laughs> Toby Hooper. Hopper. Dennis Hopper.
2: Hooper and Hopper.
0: So we don't know how that one starts. Maybe they have to relocate. Maybe, you know, there's some other thing. Maybe... They do have the brother, maybe Dennis Hopper is the is a cop, and he is the one who comes to investigate, and it turns out he's in on it, too. We just don't see him in this scenario. I don't know how they write it off, but that's not, we 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 get a what now, and it's a big question, but not like a ridiculous what now. Like it's, you can assume things are going to happen, and you'd be curious to see how they don't happen that way.
2: Now, the rest of this movie is extremely unpleasant.
0: Distressing, to uh, say the uh, least. Yes,
2: extremely distressing. So I don't think I'm going to enjoy discussing this part. Okay. So let's wrap this up.
0: Okay. So, the three of them now go back to the house. The cook who we is revealed, well, not revealed. We know that it is the case that he is their older brother. Even though he tells the hitchhiker, your brother, not our brother. But... We know from Toby Hooper that they are brothers. Gunnar Hansen also confirmed it. So they show up and he admonishes Leatherface for destroying the door. Leatherface is also now wearing the old lady mask. Because now he's the homemaker preparing things for his family. The hitchhiker pulls off the sack off of Sally and sees, Oh, it's you! You were in that van. I thought you guys... Had to keep moving on and you couldn't come by the plant or my house or whatever it is he invited them to, and he kinda taunts her for that. Yeah. They bring down the old man in the wheelchair, and it's revealed that he's alive. They cut her finger and he sucks on her blood, which is really gross. They also very
2: effective.
0: They oh man, and then he starts getting life in him and moving around. We found out that this is like a nineteen year old kid
1: (laughs) playing the part, just wearing
0: hours of makeup. When she when When she sat at the dinner table later, she's tied to a chair, and the chair has hands or arms on the armrests. It's very... Oh, God. Uncomfortable. There's there's a, a light in the middle of the table that has... Faces as the lampshade. I mean, Edgeen famously had a skin lampshade. Mm-hmm. There's just body parts and skin and bones fucking everywhere. In
2: this movie, like, the word that keeps coming up is effective. It is extremely... Everything in this scene is done to get under your skin and it works.
0: Yeah. And then at the dinner table, Leatherface is now wearing the pretty woman mask and a suit. He's... Dressing up nicely and attractively because it's a fancy dinner that he's going to be attending with a guest, right?
2: Yeah, that was the other part. Were they planning to eat her? Or because he says they were gonna, the cook says, We're gonna fix you up some supper. Yes. Is she supposed to eat with them? I think originally that's
0: the plan. And then, like, that's her friends that he's going to, that she's going to eat. But then they decide they're gonna kill her. And This is when the cook is like, I can't, I can't participate. You guys go ahead and kill, but I got to leave. And this is like the moment where it's like, oh, I see. You know, he represents the people that are, that eat the meat, are aware of what it takes to get that meat and try to absolve themselves of that guilt by just not participating in the kill. Mm -hmm. But then they get the great idea to let the grandpa kill her because he's the best. He's, he's obviously. Specifically
2: the hitchhiker does. Yeah. And I think it might be due to the conversation he was having with Franklin in the car earlier that Uh day. And that
0: grandfather obviously used to work at the slaughterhouse, just like the hitchhiker did. And, you know, I'm sure lost his job or maybe it happened after he retired or whatever, but he used to be the best at hitting those cows with the hammer. And so now they need to give him a hammer to kill
2: But if you think about it that way, it is then specifically it is because of Franklin that Sally survives. He initiated that conversation with the oh yeah, and that's the reason
0: why she has an opportunity to get away. That's interesting. To use the and get like super defensive. Yeah, uh huh. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Franklin says the new way is better. The hitchhiker needs to defend the old way, and then when they get to the house. He needs to prove it by having the best person at the old way, the grandpa, kill her in the old way. Mm-hmm. And so even the the cook is excited about this because there's something to be respected in the patriarch of the family doing what he does best.
2: So that's an interesting thing too, because what exactly are they trying to say about are they trying to say fuck tradition, move on, what's the keep movie trying progressing? to progressing?
0: Yeah. I, I think you don't let The world changing and moving forward.
2: You shouldn't get stuck. Turn you
0: inhuman. I think is the point, right? Like, because it's not a justification for being a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) But on the other end of it, it's we can't let progress.
2: You can't stop progress. Right,
0: right. But we can't (laughs) let progress allow us to leave the people who are negatively affected by that progress in the dark dust.
1: You can't stop progress!
0: We're basically treating them as less than human, and that's why we have these representatives who are inhuman in their behavior, right? Uh, so, they get a bucket and a mallet for Grandpa, and he tries to hit her over the head. And hits her a couple of times, but fails to knock her out or kill her. You can see a bloody mark on the back of her head where she's hit. And because it's not happening, the hitchhiker, who's really excited about the old way, is like, here, let me try it. And he needs to let go of her to grab at the mallet. And she takes that moment to get up and run and bail out through a window again.
2: Now, this is one of the few times that I'm super impressed. She just got hit over the head with a mallet. Yeah. anybody would be allowed a moment of... I don't know what I should be doing right now. Yeah. It would be her.
0: Stumbling around. Right.
2: Unable to control and your body movement. <laughs> we
0: make fun of people who are just like,
2: We eh, right. don't know what to do. And here she's just like. She has an
0: excuse and she doesn't do it.
2: She does not, not, not ex, no excuses is good enough for her. Sally is getting the fuck out of here. Singular
0: purpose. Yes. Just get the fuck out. And that's all her brain needs to think about. And so she dives out. We should probably comment now that we've left the house. That it was really fucking hot in there. They shot for twenty six or twenty seven hours straight in in the Texas middle of the sun. day with blackout windows and all this actual meat out and, and some people in layers of makeup or the leather face mask. And reports from the cast is they started getting a little loopy. I think Gunnar Hansen at one point was like, "No, I really need to kill this person." Like they started losing their minds a little bit, and it's absolutely not the way to treat your actors. No. You could have gotten this over multiple days. Yes. I assume they felt like they didn't have multiple days, but I thought still. it was because
2: of the makeup. I thought it was because he didn't want to do the makeup, that they did it in one shot.
0: Yeah, they. there's also something about Gunnar Hansen. I think it's Gunnar Hansen. Oh, God, I think it's this one. I might be wrong, but there's one report of where it's like, it might be the new one. Where they want to take off the mask, but they're like, no, you can't do that because we have to make you up a little bit every time you do that. So you cannot take off the mask or take off the makeup, whoever it was, unless we take a 15-minute break to make it worth it, right? And they never took a 15-minute break. They only took five-minute breaks. Oh, my God. I can't remember which movie that was, but I remember hearing about that. That'd be terrible. But yeah, it was a miserable experience, and everyone fucking hated it. But they did it. So she's out there running again and Leatherface and the hitchhiker are chasing after her, particularly the hitchhiker is gaining on her and he is slashing at her back with his straight razor. So she's getting really cut up again as she's running to the street where she stops a big rig and the big rig hits the dude, hits the (laughs) hitchhiker, killing him. So how they did that, they shot it in reverse, him hitting him, and then they ran over a dummy. Pretty basic stuff, mm-hmm. and
2: but it looked good.
0: Yeah, uh, totally. The driver gets out, <laughs> helps her in, just as Leatherface shows up with the chainsaw <laughs> slashing at the door, and the they bail out. out the back way. And this is great. The truck driver and her run, and then like another truck comes by after the truck driver has already booked it, and then she gets on the truck. And he's still running in that direction, You forgot never that. to be heard from since. Well, he hits Leatherface with a wrench. Oh, yeah. He throws <laughs> a leather... Okay, so this is how Leatherface cuts himself. <laughs> he, he grabs a wrench really smartly from the cab of his truck, and as he's running away with this crazy person wearing <laughs> skin as a mask, chucks a wrench at his head. <laughs> hits n- him
2: right in the face.
0: Knocking him back, and he lands on his back. And the the chainsaw lands on his leg, cutting his leg. So they put a metal plate around his leg and then put meat on top of that. Uh. So he is really taking a chainsaw to his leg with the only thing protecting him is this metal plate.
2: That is insane. It
0: is insane. And so the way he tells it, that scream he gives when he cuts into his leg is real because it like, Instantly heated up the plate and burned his skin underneath.
2: Oh my god! Yeah,
0: so he didn't get hurt by oh my the chainsaw god, the directly. Of this is hell, I know. And, and so and
2: they thought it was hell to make Evil Dead.
0: Right? Yeah, <laughs> you had it easy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she gets in the back of this other truck and they drive away, and she is laughing maniacally, like scream laughing.
2: Yes, according it is a great look.
0: According to the actress marilyn burns who played sally they had finished filming and then had to do a pickup again on that that they didn't get that shot and so she was like oh my god i cannot believe we're doing this again this is finally the last thing i have to film and so that was kind of her actual reaction to being so excited for being done with this fucking movie
2: yeah and it shows but it's good it's great it works
0: yeah, and that's the end of the movie. We get Leatherface famously in frustration swinging around the chainsaw. Pearl, the cinematographer, I think is the one who tells the story. And Gunner mentions that he had like no peripheral vision in that mask. And he was just swinging around the chainsaw wildly. And they're pushing in and pulling out physically with this camera. And so he had no idea where they were at any given moment and could have hit them if they weren't actively dodging. That's so when terrifying. you see the cameraman like push in and push out... It's He's swinging wildly around Gunner has no idea where they are It's fascinating Another iconic shot
2: But the second to last thing I wrote was What happened to the semi-driver? Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Never to be heard from again <laughs> There's a interesting story about how this movie was uh, distributed by a company who was involved with Deep Throat, which was illegal to be made at the time, and okay. so that's where they that's where they laundered the profits that they got from Deep Throat.
2: Okay.
0: And there was like mob ties, and then he ended up getting arrested for obscenity for for making Deep Throat.
2: Damn you and your porn.
0: Yeah. So New Line Cinema owns the movie now, apparently. <laughs> so. Anything else to say about this movie, Kelsey?
2: Just that it's very scary.
0: Yeah. Really good. It is good. Really basic. It's short. It's 120-something minutes.
2: Yeah. If it were longer, it would be a problem.
0: Yeah. It it just goes. You're just in it. It
2: never stops. Uh Uh-huh. That is a good thing about it. Yeah. That is what horror movies, for me, need to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I absolutely see the uh, the benefit for that. Me as the one who's known for liking patient movies. I like this movies one that just very patient.
2: jump and just go. Goes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there's no filler. I love that.
0: All killer, no that. filler. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the movie has on Rotten
2: Tomatoes? Oh, I'm sure it's probably like a 97. 89. Oh, shit.
0: Thanks to a smart script and documentary style camera work... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre achieves start-to-finish suspense, making it a classic in low-budget exploitation cinema. Agreed. A Metacritic still as high as 78, which is pretty rare for Metacritic ratings for movies. Obviously no cinema score because they weren't going to every movie back then. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I think they they started in the 70s sometime. Anyway, (laughs) do you think that's overrated or underrated? It's
2: very close to what I'm going to give it. What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it an 88. I will go...
0: God, this is a tough one. I think 89. I think 89 is good. It's not quite at the 90 range for me, but it's really fucking close.
2: It's well shot. The, The cinematography is incredible. It's one of the best parts of the movie. But it doesn't necessarily... Nothing about it. Brings it up to that ninety scale, you know, nothing... Even though, for the time, it was very shocking, you know, and, like, at the time, it was groundbreaking, mm-hmm. and I, I respect it for that, and that does bump it up a little bit. On the grand spectrum of things, I don't think it necessarily does anything that other movies haven't done slightly better. Do you know Yeah, what I mean? But, I will give it this, it is extremely effective, it is scary, it is unpleasant... It is on the edge of your seat. It's fast. And yeah, so it definitely, it's very, very close.
0: It's it feels to me like it's everything that torture porn could be, but that they're incapable of restraining themselves in order to be. Agreed. Anyway, that is the 1974 version of this movie, but this is a double feature. The lady- So we're going to talk about the remake from 2003, The Texas Chainsaw One Word Massacre, directed by Marcus Nispel, written by Scott Kosar, based, of course, on the original screenplay by Kim Henkel and Toby Hooper, starring Jessica Biel, John, Jonathan Tucker, Erica Learson, Eric Balfour, and Andrew Braniarski. Also, Arlie Ermey, who we last saw in Seven. Andrew Briniarski is Leatherface. You might know him. I know him as soon as you see his face. I know him as Zangief from the Street Fighter movie. You guys are getting paid?
1: General Bison he's a bad guy. If you know this, then why do you
0: serve him? Because he paid me a freaking fortune, you moron. You got paid? <laughs> it's like, that's all I can think of when I see him, who apparently has uh, a little bit of a beef with Gunnar Hansen when Gunnar didn't like the way he closed the door. <laughs> To replicate that sliding metal door. I thought the same thing when I watched it. I'm like, that wasn't as good as the first one. <laughs> and apparently Gunnar Hansen said the same thing when preparing for one of the other movies that they made after this remake. He's there on the set and he's like, this is how you close the door. This is how I closed the door in the original movie. And shunk, right? And this is how Bernarski does it. And it's like, uh uh, 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 like it's slow and steady and it's like, no, that sudden loud slam closed is what makes that iconic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think Hanson's right, but apparently that beef got so heated that when Hanson died he just posted boo-hoo on his Facebook, which is pretty fucked. Anyway, uh, also back to direct photography is Daniel Pearl.
2: The best thing about this movie.
0: Yes, it really, really is and apparently it's the only reason it got made. Toby Hooper and Kim Henkel produced this movie, and Daniel Pearl was the one who was instrumental, he wanted to do it again because he's like, well, my career's basically over. I'm retiring. I would like to see one of the first things I did, what I could do now at the end of my career. And so he convinced his buddy, who is Nispol, to direct it so he could be the cinematographer, which I think is pretty interesting. But what that means is we have... what? How do they... How do they describe it? It, it, It's polishing a turd, basically. (laughs) Um, We'll tell you right now, we didn't really like the movie that much. We'll get into it. Uh, But you have this just incredible cinematography on what otherwise is kind of a disappointing movie.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: What is it about, Kelsey?
2: It's the same story. Except that in this case, it's no longer The Cook, it's now The Sheriff.
0: Yep. You can watch the movie on HBO Max if you have a subscription. It is $3 to rent and $13 to buy. But you can find it for as low as $8 on Amazon or Vudu. Should people watch this movie? No. You can give it a pass.
2: Do not watch this. Like we said, for the time that it came out, it was kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah, it kind of kickstarted, in a way, a lot of what we hated about Ott's horror. Yeah,
2: Mm mm-hmm, yeah. And that doesn't mean it's a good thing. Uh, Remaking
0: classic horror movies to be darker, to where you can't see anything, and and grittier, and more offensive, and showing more blood, and it's just the Eli Roth and Rob Zombie of it all.
2: Yeah, we've we've seen a lot of them. Some of them are passable. Yeah, but most of them are pretty shit. And this one, it heads towards the passable side. It's definitely not the the worst. Yeah, we've seen much, much worse. We've seen worse. But it's pretty bad in comparison to the original.
0: This will probably be a lot of us saying how stupid characters are and what is this about? Uh, I don't want to be a bitch,
2: guys. I don't want to do this, so I'm going to try not to. I think Beale's acting is abysmal in this film. Yeah. It's real bad and I don't want to just harp on a person's acting I was the whole never time. a big
0: fan of Jessica Biel It's really terrible in this movie. Even though she consistently looks incredible in this movie. She's gorgeous. But that's all she's there for. And they keep putting her in positions to where like, hey, you see her stomach? You see her stomach? Look how low-cut her jeans are. Can you see her nipples now? Like, that's what the movie does with her. And And it's really unfortunate. And nothing about
2: looks 70s. Nothing Nothing. about this movie says 70s. Except for the fact
0: that they're going to a Leonard Skynyrd concert.
2: And that there's no phones anywhere.
0: Yeah. That's about it. Which is... A little bit
2: disappointing. Which should be perfectly frank. In Texas, <laughs> are we really all that surprised that somebody's going to go see a Leonard Skinnerd concert <laughs> and that they can't find a phone anywhere?
0: <laughs> the movie that takes place in Texas starts out with them singing "Sweet Home Alabama." Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what are your choices? <laughs> God. Anyway, a lot more of this for the rest of the episode. <laughs> You can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2003's version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Stop! Please! I just want to go home. I'm going to get you some help.
1: No! Ah! Keep going! <laughs> He's killing him! Who's killing who? <laughs> Poor, sweet boy. He's now oh, Sweet boy. The Texas
0: Chainsaw Massacre, rated R. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre begin?
2: With, according to you, not the exact same narration, but the same narrator.
0: Same narrator, yes.
2: Sounds very similar to me.
0: This one is, is basically the original again, but they add in extra stuff.
2: Which is exactly a summation of the film. Sure. It is practically the same thing. I think literally the only scene that they really took out, and it is a big one, is the dinner scene. But otherwise, they just added a bunch of new stuff. Would you agree? Uh, Yeah,
0: I'd say yes.
2: Oh, well, I I guess you couldn't really say that because the hitchhiker isn't even in this movie. So never mind.
0: They just kind of remix.
2: Yes. It's just. It doesn't feel like a lot of the original is missing here. Yeah. Except for obviously the dinner scene, but I forgot about the hitchhiker. But I mean, that says something, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) The narrator goes on to talk about it being a cold case and how much. Information. Oh, does he
2: say that at the beginning? Yes. That it's now a cold case. Yes. So they tell us at the beginning that they have not caught Leatherface. Well,
0: they say it is a. a it sat for thirty years in the cold cases division. For thirty years, the files collected dust in the cold cases division of the Travis County Police Department. Over thirteen hundred pieces of evidence were collected from the crime scene. At the Hewitt Residence. It also mentions that it's the Hewitt Residence, which is a name change from the original.
2: Which is funny because I could not for the life of me remember what the other family is called. And in fact, every time we mention it, the first time we talk about it, Uh guess what we call it? We call it the Cannibal House. Yeah. Whereas in this version, I'm going to always call it the Hewitt House. They just really burned that name into me.
0: Yeah, and I wonder just why they would change it.
2: What was the original name?
0: The Sawyer family. In this one, it's like we say the Hewitt residence. And then we get this sort of like videotape of a police walkthrough of the crime scene that they found way back in the 70s. So if they already found the crime scene and everything, why is it that 30 years later the crime wasn't solved? We'll find out by the end. But the narrator then comes back and says the line, the events of that day, bizarre crimes, yada, yada, yada. But they sort of insert this police walkthrough of the crime scene.
2: But what they are saying here, I mean, even if you don't know what happens at the end, is sheriff's office or the county or the police or whatever yeah. were aware of these murders. They they did not get away with it. So, again, right. I'm curious what they do in the sequel. Right. Because they did make a sequel to this, right?
0: So there's the original, I think, four if I remember correctly, and then there's the remake, and then there's the beginning, and then I think there's 3D, maybe? And then there's, there's another one that's just Leatherface. I think there's two that are just Leatherface. There's one called Leatherface in the original series as well. Mm. So it's kind of all over the place.
1: Mm.
2: So this does take place in the 70s, but yeah. you could not possibly tell that if they had not told you. Again.
0: Other than the fact that you're just like, why doesn't anybody have a cell phone?
2: Again, yes. Other than that. That's literally the only thing is that Uh they do not have cell phones. Yes, they're going to a Leonard Skynyrd concert, but again, that's not surprising. Right. Except that they play Alabama, which I know- home Alabama. We already said it, but still, it is painful. Are there no famous songs about Texas?
0: There are a bunch of songs about Texas.
2: Can you think of any off the top of your head? No. Hmm but I could have thought of Sweet Home Alabama. But
0: why would you think of Sweet Home Alabama? (laughs) I can think of New York, New York too. I'm not (laughs)
2: going to put it in my movie
0: about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) It's a good point. It's
1: a good
2: point. They show them, like, during the narration when they talk about, oh, it's a idyllic summer day, Uh they show them getting to go to a swimming hole, which, as you'll remember, guys, the other characters never got to enjoy.
0: Right. It was all dried up in in the original. (laughs) Oh, yes, we should probably point out that one of the people in this van, Pepper, who is the hitchhiker they pick up before the movie starts and is now making out with Andy.
2: Who are essentially Pam and Kirk.
0: Basically, yes. Uh, Pepper is played by Erica Learson, who we have seen on this show in Book of Shadows. She's the Wiccan, not the Goth, but the Wiccan from oh, Book of Shadows.
2: Yes, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I remember her, but yeah. So she is hooking up hardcore with Andy now. I guess I assume they just think they have an extra ticket for Leonard Skinnerd.
0: I guess, <laughs> so
2: or they just hope to be able to scalp a ticket or maybe, something. Yeah. But so. The other guy, who's basically the stand-in for Franklin, but not at all, because his character is nothing Uh like Franklin.
0: Morgan. And also... We never get any explanation, of really, of the relationships between these people. I don't think Morgan and Aaron are brother and sister.
2: They are not, even though they could be. Right. Like, they There's could no have,
0: reason to not make yeah, them Yeah, they could have
2: very easily made them brother and yeah. sister, uh-huh. and it wouldn't have changed anything, except that it would have given a little bit of understanding why these people are all hanging out. Right. Also, I gotta say, how are you going to let a 1970s film stand you up with representation
0: oh the fact that they we have a disabled person in our main cast and now How we don't
2: often do we get a character in a fucking wheelchair i can think of two movies where we get a representation of a kid in a wheelchair this and silver bullet
0: yeah dream warriors has what's his face in a wheelchair Which isn't, I mean, we talked about it at the time. It kind of sucks a little bit because... not the
2: best representation. He's in
0: a wheelchair because he tried to commit suicide. They treat it more like a punishment. And it is his worst nightmare. And I understand that people have complicated emotional connections to their disabilities. I do understand that. But it just seems like it's... Wouldn't it be scary if you were in a wheelchair? Using it for
2: the horror element isn't great. However, there is Friday the 13th. I believe it is part two. Two,
0: I think. Yes. That
2: has a character yeah. in the chair. Now, he unfortunately. He gets slashed in the
0: face and then rolls backwards, so it's kind of a comedic beat.
2: Unfortunately, he does die, but until that point. It's fine if he point, dies.
0: Everyone dies in these movies. True. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: But until that point, he's actually like super macho. Uh-huh. Like, doesn't he get with a girl? I think like, so. Like, yeah. He, people respect him. Isn't he. Isn't he a camp counselor?
0: Well, that's what two is about, is yeah. all camp counselors. So, yeah.
2: like, he... There we go. Go Friday the 13th. <laughs> go Friday the 13th. For
0: your uh, disabled representation. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: And that sucks.
0: Instead, they gave... Like, I can understand if your objective is, well, we don't want to be exploitative and make the person in the wheelchair a victim. So instead, we make a person in the wheelchair one of the perpetrators...
2: Oh my god, you are correct. I didn't even think about that guy.
0: So you can't even make the argument that, well, we don't want to exploit disabled people.
2: You're, do- you're oh, doing you, something even worse. <laughs> you, much worse. You exploit a guy and make him use his disability to cop
0: a feel yeah. and, and then get somebody killed. Yeah. Uh huh.
2: Way to go. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> really
2: slow clap on that one. Like, come on. I think horror genre, you can do better than this.
0: Morgan, not disabled, not brother. He's just the third wheel, or in this case, I guess the fifth wheel.
2: In this case, he is the fifth wheel, and that does suck because he signed up for a trip... Where he was going to go with a buddy. Yes, with two and buddies. A well,
0: with two buddies and then one of his buddy's girlfriends. Right. So and it was then, a couple, but yeah. he
2: had his friend. The other, <laughs> the
0: other single guy hooks up with this hitchhiker that they picked up.
2: Yes. So what does he do to kind of emulate the quote unquote annoying side of. Franklin, he brings up STD statistics. Yeah. uh
1: (laughs) The fact that 33,000 Americans each day are infected with a sexually transmitted disease, and
0: two-thirds of them are just about your age and for some reason they're smuggling pot across the border from Mexico that
2: is only in a important stupid
0: storyline it's
2: so fucking stupid but it is important because that's why the sheriff is going to blame why he doesn't help them
0: well it's it's how he's going to get them out of the car and how he's going to arrest moment. fake yeah. arrest
2: morgan later right
0: but I'm they could have done cool. that with a joint. They don't even have to do it with an entire piñata full of, yes. you know, pounds of weed.
2: It is this whole subplot, but it also leads to the understanding that Jessica Biel doesn't doesn't party and doesn't drink and doesn't do drugs. So apparently, uh,
0: apparently there was supposed to be an original part of the storyline where she was pregnant, and that's why she didn't do those things, but they took it out. I don't even think they filmed it. Maybe they did, but...
2: That would have been... To make her pregnant would have made a lot of the treatment of her far less acceptable. Yeah. Well, it's, it makes sure it feel a little bit more exploitative. Yeah. 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 However, mm. that could have fed more into the whole he was going to propose thing. Yeah, which, which is they just kind of thrown away. Thrown in and thrown away.
0: Yeah. The fact that he's like, you'll get your ring. And she's like, yeah, I've heard that before. She wants to get
2: married, yeah.
0: When Kemper dies, because everyone, I mean, just like in the original, everyone but Aaron, Jessica Beale is going to die. When her boyfriend Kemper, played by Eric Balfour, dies, they find a ring on him. So he was gonna propose. He meant it. It's Apparently, really,
2: really sad for girls like. me. Totally no.
0: It's it's a very tragic story that they just kind of go. Oh, isn't this tragic? Anyway, like and just kind of move on. And then
2: yeah. Uh, but trash it. but
0: the implication is, is he was gonna propose to her at a Leonard Skinner concert? <laughs> I guess.
2: Hey, they're Texans. Don't they're not. People, they're yeah. like from
0: Tennessee or something. Oh, are they? They're just driving through Texas because they were in Mexico and they're going to a Skinnerd concert.
2: Hmm.
0: Like, that's the other thing. Like, they're not even from Alabama. And they're singing. They say at one point where they're from. And I can't remember specifically where, but they do say.
1: Arizona. <laughs> Colorado. <laughs>
0: New York. <laughs> so anyway, we got these five people, uh, Aaron and Kemper. Andy and Pepper, and then Morgan. And they're all in this van, and they come across somebody walking down the road.
2: Yeah, I would like to point out that taking out, like, the astrology talk was a real big bummer. I thought that could have been sprinkled throughout with the hitchhiker. I thought that could have built up her character, because honestly, Pepper isn't much of a character. Right. So it kind of sucks that they just didn't care.
0: Yeah, she is kind of a nothing character. And the only time her real inner personality comes out is just a, a way to make her more pathetic. Like, her one moment is we're all gonna die. Like, that's her moment. Yes. She gets to scream that.
2: She says that once, but it just, it, it's a bummer because it's such an easy thing you could have taken from the original, uh-huh. and it could have been fun.
0: In general, these sorts of conversations, I feel like, I hate to say this, but I feel like Clerks Poisoned cinema In certain ways I know this sounds out of left field What I mean to say is This sort of like mumblecore Indie Sort of like wouldn't it be great if, If you talk this way with your friends Kind of like Poisoned cinema about teenagers and young people for decades, where they all had to be clever and they all had to say clever things and conversations always needed to be interesting and fun or whatever. Right. Like it was imperative. Meanwhile, you go back to 74's Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they're just talking about a horoscope and reading from a horoscope book. And it feels much more interesting and natural than any conversation that these people have.
2: I do agree with that. Yeah, when they're talking about Mexico, it feels like it is all set up to rise to the point where she realizes, oh, we just went to buy weed. Yeah, uh-huh. And Yeah, it's all getting to It all point. needs to be clever. Right, it, do- it never feels natural. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, him being able to list off the statistics about STDs while funny and while slightly edging towards the...
0: Franklin. Franklin,
2: irritating guy. It also seems unrealistic. And in fact, Andy calls him out for saying,
0: Why do you even know that? Or, like,
2: what kind of an expert are you, or whatever? Yeah. Hey, Morgan, how are you the expert on the dumbest shit? So, yes, they will run into this version of The Hitchhiker. And this is a thing that really sat with me after I saw this movie. I I remembered it clearly.
0: You can see how they're trying to do the exploitation horror here. Yes. But it I think it just goes too far.
2: Tell them what they do,
0: Chris. To be it goes so far as to be like, oh, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not terrified anymore. So she is. I gotta say, it is kind of like seeding an idea that has a little t- teeny tiny mini payoff later on in the movie. But she gets picked up. She seems to be like catatonic. And they pick her up, they put her in the car, and she says she just wants to go home. And they're like, okay, we'll take you to your home. And they're driving along. The same way she was walking, by the way. And then she sees something and she goes, no, you're going the wrong way. And she freaks out. And she tries to stop them and move the car, but they don't let her, they push her back. And she seems really fucked up until she decides that, okay, well, you know what? The only thing I can do is end it all. And then she reaches in between her legs And pulls a revolver from her vagina. I have the note here. How big is her vagina? Which, out of context, is probably the funniest note I've ever written down for a movie. It is the stupidest fucking thing. Especially since she's been walking for forever. Why wouldn't she just be holding on to the gun? Why would it be up in her vagina? How did she get the gun and then never fucking use it against anybody? Yeah. We find out where she got the gun later, and then she decides to kill herself with it, and she puts the gun in her mouth and pulls the trigger, and it blows a hole in the back of her head, and this is incredibly done. It's done so fucking well. The way they did that air burst in her face to make her cheeks puff out, and it's all practical. And then they have a squib going off in the back of her head, and then they film the shot from her perspective of everyone else in the van looking at her and freaking out as the camera pulls back through the hole that's been created in her head.
2: 16 year old me reeling in my fucking seat. It's insane. Eyes are wide open. I can't breathe. I'm trying to get you guys to understand where my mind was at. All of this happens in a matter of what? Less than a minute?
0: Yeah. Would I guess. you say? Yeah, something about like that.
2: It is so intense. Yeah.
0: And, and so the camera keeps pulling back and we can see them through the hole in her head, and it pulls back out through the hole that's been now created in the in the back window, the rear window of the van. Uh and all of this is practical except for uh covering up like the tracks and the hole in the in the roof where they had to pass all these things through. So what they did is they fit this prosthetic head around the camera and it was on one track. It was on like one arm on a track. The camera was on that same track and it pushed back. And when the head got to a certain point, the head stopped and the camera kept going through. And that's how it pulled out through the head. And then the head just flops down and they're all screaming. And if two things hadn't happened, this would have been, I would be praising this movie for this.
2: I mean, this opening, this beginning shot, I it for me, especially 16, it worked. It did exactly what they wanted uh-huh. it to do. Couldn't catch my breath for the entire rest of the film. They had got me.
0: Except two things it does wrong. Number one... It starts with her pulling a gun from her vagina, which
2: for me was extremely effective at the time. And now I'm just like, what? <laughs> but at the time, I was. You're <laughs> 16 years old.
0: <laughs> can it do
2: that? I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, lot of lot of implications going through my mind.
0: Uh-huh. And then number two is Jessica Beale's reaction. So the problem is, is they tried this shot a whole hell of a lot and they fucked it up every time, right? So they they finally got it right and everything happened exactly the way it needed to happen. And then Jessica Beale and her reaction shot is a little bit silly where she's just staring and then everyone freaks out and then she starts screaming and she has her hands up in these sort of claws like... It's it's too melodramatic for the moment.
2: I it wrote It feels down, like a
0: 1950s or 60s movie.
2: I wrote down. I know why this hit me the way it did. Yeah. And now, as a fucking adult, oh my God, is Jessica Biel's response wrong on every level.
0: Uh-huh. It just makes it kind of comical. And this moment should not be comical.
2: Now, are you saying that they did all of this in one take?
0: No, just that... That pullback shot is one take.
2: But that's when she does it, isn't it?
0: Yes. Uh huh. It's in that incredible shot.
2: So she's just straight up ruining that kind shot.
0: Kind of. But I don't know if anybody else ruined it too. She was the only one I could focus on because it was so weird.
2: So obviously, blatantly not real.
0: Right. I I didn't even look at anybody else. That's exactly where my, my eyes went, and my eyes shouldn't have been on her.
2: Yes, and that is the start where you just know that, oh, Beale was the wrong choice. Yeah. And she will, unfortunately, be the wrong choice for the rest of the film. So they have
0: a dead body in their car now.
2: Oh, my God. And that's
0: going to be just a whole thing for the first half hour of this movie.
2: Yeah. Oh my god, I was getting so mad. The anger I was feeling throughout this scene. Of them driving around trying to get rid of this corpse. I'm just like, there is nothing at all throughout any of this. And I'm not going to say it isn't interesting. I will say the lore building is kind of interesting here. Uh But... All of them running around trying to get rid of this body... You've reported it, you've done your due diligence, get rid of it. If the police refuse to come to you, and you've reported it and
0: everything, fuck them.
2: Yep, they don't, this is the 70s, they don't know who you are, no one has taken down any of your information. Right. Just drop the body and get the fuck out of Dodge. And it is because of this one decision that not only, okay, not only am I already mad at Beale for her acting.
0: She is the only one who insists that they stay here until they can hand over this body. So the only, everyone else wants to just go.
2: Every other single character, at least at some point, is like, I'm good to go. Yeah. I don't need to do this anymore. Maybe
0: not all at the beginning, but by the end, she's the last holdout. She's
2: the only one, and so they have not only made me hate her for her acting, uh-huh. they've also made me for her character choices.
0: Like, like, she's noble, like she's juror number eight, like the last holdout. Nope.
2: You are the reason that everyone dies. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Except for her. <laughs>
0: She survives.
2: Oh, and not only that, guys. Not only does she survive, she survives to reenact this scene. She survives to become this hitchhiker yeah, later on in the film.
0: That's that's the moment where and I was like, "Well, we kind of get a it's setting something up a little bit later, and it was mildly effective."
2: I completely. Disagree. I do not it think was, it was effective at all because it was just maddening. Well, you've uh, already seen this all play out. You know exactly, word for word, how yes. this is going to work, and you do it anyway.
0: Yes. Okay. So, I mean, we'll. we'll We'll talk about it in detail when we get to that moment in the story, but I did write that it was incredibly predictable that that's where they were going. I'm like, oh, now she's going to say she just wants to go home, and now she's going to say that he's driving in the wrong direction. Okay, this is all, like, it was just incredibly predictable, and you're able to call every moment. Yes, Uh uh-huh. Yes. Whereas, the original is so fucking famous for being so real. And raw. Yes. That's a
2: word I didn't use a lot. Uh, talking about this movie about it's the original, raw. it's very very raw. Yes,
0: this one is not. It's not. It tries to be raw in that sort of. Well, in let the me-
2: colors, I think the colors work better in this movie. Even though sometimes it's too dark to see things.
0: This is the same year that House of a Thousand Corpses came out, and it just. Feels Because it's, again, like we say, it's the kickoff of this sort of era. It just feels like it really, really, really desperately wants to be, you know, the vanguard of this new era. It, it wants to sort of, like, usher in this, like, oh, isn't this disgusting and gross and gritty? And look, that's a pig's head with flies and maggots on it in a store for no fucking reason. Why Other would anybody, even if you disgusting. were a cannibal
2: have a fly and maggot infested
0: big said because they're
2: disgusting. And that's the point,
0: but it's disgusting in a way. That's just like, it's very, like I say, very Rob zombie before Rob zombie was making all the movies and, and, and really cultivating that style. This is the beginning of that. You know,
2: do you know that I've never seen house of a thousand corpses?
0: I do know that. Yes.
2: So I have no idea what you mean. Well, have I've you seen, seen
0: Devil's Rejects? I've seen
2: Devil's Rejects, yeah. but from what I know of House of a Thousand Corpses, that's a completely
0: different film. It is. Devil's Rejects is
2: and House I also, of a Thousand
0: Corpses on the Road.
2: I also never finished that. Oh. I turned it off rather quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I think the best actor of the group is Morgan. Sure. And I'm kind of sad that I haven't seen him in more things.
0: He was in Westworld... Nothing, and... and Who was he in Westworld? And Justified, he was a character called Major Craddock. I don't know what seasons he was in. He was low-key Lysmith in American Gods. One episode where he makes a brief appearance. Justified, Parenthood, had some recurring characters.
2: Well, I do remember him from Virgin Suicides, and he was good in that. So He says, I've never seen anybody die before. Yeah. And that's probably the most real response. Right. To the death like just like because that would probably be my response too. I've seen people slowly die. I've never seen someone violently die. And that would be shocking as well yeah, for totally. me.
0: I did. I saw somebody die live on television. If <laughs> you guys remember there was a dude that um it was oh my god, it was like a whole thing where a dude stopped on the freeway and blocked traffic and then pulled out a bunch of signs protesting his HMO or something like that, uh, lit his truck on fire, I think, with his dog inside, and then pulled out a shotgun and blew his head off on live television.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, uh
0: uh-huh. And there was a whole big conversation about why didn't they cut away sooner? Why was that on TV? Like, who, like, because... Yeah, it was a whole it was a very big deal. Wow. Yeah, and I remember I was there. I was home for that.
2: That's nuts. Yeah. But so they have this whole conversation about why they at first cannot call the police due to the weed. So they disperse of it, they throw it they away. Throw it away, yeah. But none of that matters because there's still weed in the car. So I don't know
0: if it's in the car. I just know that the sheriff finds it. it.
2: He pulls it out of... It's a butt. It's a butt of a joint. joint. Yeah. uh And he pulls it out of their... uh, Ashtray or something? Ashtray. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it's entirely pointless. They just needed to be smoking weed. Like, who cares? Yes, you could just do that. You don't need a subplot about them smuggling weed.
2: Nope. And it's not like they can... Unless they were looking for an excuse for it to be okay for them to die.
0: But in 2003... It's not how you made horror movies anymore. And why
2: else did they shove it in?
0: Well, that's what's baffling to me mm-hmm. because oh, well that's why they couldn't call the cops because they have contraband on them, but then they get rid of the contraband and it's not like they have cell phones anyway. The first place they get to with the phone, they try to call the cops. Yes. So like it did absolutely nothing. That's why it's baffling.
2: Mhm. So they get to the a gas station with barbecue. Uh-huh. Only this one is run by a woman. Who seems very disinterested in what's going on.
0: Well, she's going to end up being the patriarch of the family. We'll find out that she's the sheriff's mom. Oh, is she? Yes. She's the sheriff's mom. Old Monty in the wheelchair is his uncle, I want to say. I can't, the relationships are really shaky. They do, when we meet the family, they kind of address what all the relationships are very briefly.
2: She's going to call the sheriff for them. She's going to say the sheriff will meet you somewhere else. Which is totally fucking stupid, like at that point just drop the body, but they don't. They go to the place, and the sheriff still doesn't show up when they find the little boy from The Ring.
0: Yes, Aiden from The Ring (laughs) is Jedediah. the
2: best actor in the entire film.
0: Yeah, there's this whole like people under the stairs thing going on here with Jedediah.
2: Because what they do... Is they collect children. Uh Uh-huh. They kill off the adults of families and they eat them. And then they
0: raise the children. They
2: raise the children because otherwise I guess they'd all be inbred. I don't know why that matters. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe they can't have kids.
0: Yeah, or they, you know, we don't want to try to explain it away by them having sex. Whatever.
2: But so, yeah, so they're raising children that they find along the way. And, yeah, it's kind of... Because he hasn't been taken care of, he's got, like, this whole teeth thing, which I guess the implication is if he didn't have a dentist, that's just what his teeth...
0: I guess. Would have been. Yeah.
2: But he calls the matriarch Grandma. Yes. Which is going to be very important. But they find him and they ask him where the sheriff is. I don't know why they think a kid would know, especially this kid.
0: Well, because they were supposed to meet the sheriff there, and so... Oh, have you seen the sheriff?
2: But he explains he's just getting drunk. Yeah. So it's like... Leave the body. No one cares. Right, at
0: this point, just leave the body. Say, if you know the sheriff's gonna come, then there you go.
2: Yeah, that's why a lot of this is very irritating and angering, but you didn't really seem as angered as I did by the whole plot going on. No, uh, it is
0: frustrating that they should have just, like, I understand why somebody wouldn't, at least, right? There is a difference between I wouldn't do it and I don't understand why anybody would do it. I'm not at the I don't understand why anybody would behave this way point yet. But this movie does have those moments. The idea that you want to stick around and be annoyed that the sheriff is getting drunk instead of dealing with his body, I can see how somebody would stick around. I just probably wouldn't.
2: I did skip over right before they meet Jedediah, they find a possum. Yeah. And she when she finds it, she screams and her scream is so bad.
0: Yeah, they do a couple different screams where they're trying to be like, oh man, remember when there were iconic scream queens? Yeah. This isn't that.
2: <laughs> how is that not part of your screen test? I don't know. I don't know. When they do approach the possum, it is kind of funny because her boyfriend has to go in and check on it. She gives him like a nod of approval to go in and look on it. And I'm sorry, guys, I don't want to harp on everything, but it's just like, what the fuck was that?! That's right, baby. You go in there, you you take care of whatever that is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. Brother. The sheriff is Leatherface's brother. And the woman is their mom. And then Jedediah calls her granny. Mm.
2: But so everybody wants to leave except for fucking Jessica Beale. And Jessica Beale's boyfriend is like, oh well, I guess I don't want to leave either. So they go off to look for the sheriff, because Jedediah knows where he lives.
0: Yes, and they come across a house.
2: The Hewitt house.
0: Yeah, they don't know that this is going to be important or anything later, but instead we meet Eustace from Courage the Cowardly Dog, (laughs) old Monty here, who, I mean, he's really playing up that. He is basically Eustace from Courage the Cowardly Dog, but he's a double amputee in a wheelchair.
2: And a dickhead.
0: Yeah. And so they ask, hey, can we call the sheriff? Can we use your phone? And he's like, yeah, you can. And then when Kemper tries to go in, Eric Balfour, the guy stops him with his cane that he carries while he's in his wheelchair and says, I I said she could use the phone. She could go inside. You got to stay
1: out here. I said she could call him. You wait outside. Okay, Chief. I ain't looking for trouble. Don't shoot.
0: And then he goes in with her, and we talked about this. If he had said, if it was you and me, and he had said, yeah, you can use the phone, and you go inside by yourself and use the phone, I would have been uneasy. I can't say I wouldn't let it happen. But as soon as he goes in and wants me to stay outside fuck no. Mm
2: -hmm. Not
0: in a million years would I let that happen.
2: I don't care that he's in a wheelchair. No. You don't know what else is going on in that house.
0: No. I'd already be uncomfortable enough if it was just you and who knows who else is in the house. Mm -hmm. I would already be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But the moment I would say, fuck that is, no, if she's in there and I'm not allowed in, you're staying out here with me.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. But that is not what happens. Yeah. He just waits outside.
0: Yep. And he's like, shrug. I don't know. I guess I can't come in.
2: Have we mentioned the name Kemper?
0: We've actually already tweeted. This is unusual. Kelsey has actually already edited the first half of this episode, which was a challenge mm-hmm. because, not because she's not great at editing, she edits quite a bit, actually, but because it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've already tweeted about Ed Kemper killing hitchhikers in reference to the hitchhiker conversation we had in the first half of this episode. And that's where supposedly Kemper, Eric Balfour's character, gets his name. is from serial killer Ed Kemper.
2: If you guys have seen the awesome show Mindhunter, yeah. he's the main guy they interview in the first season, right?
0: Yes, he is. And he's great. He's the one that hugs the dude and freaks him
1: out.
2: <laughs> so she gets on the phone and we hear that oh he'll be there in 30 minutes great thank you yeah who she supposedly is talking to somebody
0: at the police station I guess
2: yeah I don't know in the foreground so she's now in the background uh-huh. on the uh, having that conversation in the foreground we get a flash of, of somebody
0: walking by right
2: it's leatherface for yeah, sure
0: uh-huh well we'll find out later that it is
2: and then I guess to get her to stay he Asks her, the guy on the wheelchair Asks her to help him in the bathroom Well because
0: he had fallen down
2: Right, but we obviously know he did it on purpose Yes So I guess it to was intended to get her to come further
0: back into the household I think where the restroom is But Kemper isn't having any of that And he decides he's going inside And while she is helping out him
2: How do you not hear where she is? is yeah he You're in the middle of nowhere Looking around He, he goes into some <laughs> random room And I'm like can you not hear them? She is struggling. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. It's it's very gross. And he gets the Kirk treatment of a
0: hammer to the head and the twitching and all of that. And he gets pulled away by After Leatherface. After seeing
2: pigs in the house. Yeah. Which I thought was
0: odd. Well, there was a chicken and I think maybe even a pig in the first one.
2: Oh, was there? Yeah. Uh-huh. I do remember the chicken. Yeah. He also finds a charm bracelet. There's a lot of like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like... Are you surprised that these kids don't belong to these people? That they came from another family?
0: Well, we're not family? even there yet.
2: But, I mean, he picks up a charm bracelet. Like, there's all these little things that are hinting towards it. Well, and I'm I like, think it's supposed to be... Is anyone surprised that they're killing
0: people? I think it's just supposed to be hinting towards the fact that they've done this a lot in the past. Okay. You know, this, there's another victim that's been through here.
2: It just felt like they were trying to create an element of... Mystery, And I was like, I don't think anyone's surprised by what's happening here. I don't
0: think so at all, yeah.
2: But while he is dying and she is not hearing it, they're not, neither of them are hearing each other uh in this house.
0: She's getting felt up by old Monty.
2: Yes. The sheriff shows up Uh well before the 30 minutes have passed Uh to deal with Morgan Pepper and Andy. And... It's
0: Arlie Ermey.
2: Yes, it is. It's And it is. It's Arlie Ermy. It's, Ar-
0: it's just Arlie Ermey. That's, that's what he is. <laughs> Basically, every character he plays, for the most part, is just him doing something fun. He has said before that he really likes playing villains because he gets to do all this crazy shit that he would absolutely never do in his real life. But also, if you're watching, like, Saving Silverman.
2: Didn't he do it in real life?
0: In Full Metal Jacket, yes. But, you know, he gets to... Do the whole extreme thing. I'm talking about, like, murdering people, bad guys. Um,
2: Well, couldn't you say that he practically did murder him? Well,
0: he probably wouldn't do what he did in that movie. And I'm not talking about Full Metal Jacket. Yes, he's done more movies. This isn't all-encompassing.
2: My point is, (laughs) Uh I find it interesting that he's like, oh, it's fun to play a bad guy and do things I would never do, when in fact he did do that shit.
0: Yes, but you're talking about one movie in his entire repertoire. The term, the exception that proves the rule, what that means is because you point that out as an exception, it only reinforces that it's different from the norm. I guess. But anyway, he's just Arlie Ermy, who gets to do some fucked up shit.
2: Yes, he is completely malevolent. Uh, every single thing he does is meant to traumatize these kids. Yes. And it is all under the guise of being the law in the town. I thought it was interesting that he didn't really react to the fact that she had his gun.
0: Well, I mean, what's he going to, how is he going to react? Oh, Jesus, it's my gun. God, when I had kidnapped her and then she got away and I couldn't find my gun. Like, what is he supposed to react to?
2: I mean, like, even by himself, like when we, he, he very kind of. Tries to secretly puts the gun away, even though everyone can see it. I
0: don't think he secretly is. He's just confidently is. And he's like, what are they going to do? Ask me a question about it?
2: Yeah. But, like, we just don't see any indicate, any look on his face. Any, like, I didn't know she had it. Or Uh, the good thing I found it. Like, not even a flash.
0: No, I think it's more like he's coming across with the air of confidence that I don't have to explain shit to you.
2: No, I don't mean that. I mean, like, for the character, like, I would have expected the character to be like, I didn't know you had my gun, or well, like...
0: I, I think he absolutely did know that she had his gun. I think the implication is that when she ran away, she took his gun with him, and he already knew about it. So like when he found her, he's like,
2: oh, there's my gun. Anger or something. I don't, I don't know. know. As an actor, I would have done that. I thought it was a
0: little bit more fun that he was just like, my gun, and puts it away like it's all kind of natural to him. All of this is coming naturally to him.
2: They also don't seem upset at all or weirded out that it's his gun.
0: Yeah, I think they there's like a an exchange of looks. Is there? But I think they're too intimidated to do anything or say anything. I didn't notice the looks. For all, well, maybe there's not, but I think that that, that doesn't take away from my
2: What point. I'm saying is is that the acting is poor. <laughs> That's what
1: I'm saying. I, <laughs> I don't disagree
0: with you. I just don't I don't feel like Arlie Ermey is the one to complain about
2: (laughs) But so the idea is to wrap her up in plastic wrap I suppose because of the heat
0: Yeah well because of the blood and everything If you just wanted to just transport a dead body With a giant gaping hole in its head
2: Well but you would think that they would have just done the head They do the entire body Yeah
0: It needs to preserve it
2: That's what I'm saying Because of the heat
0: Yeah Just like any meat you would wrap right?
2: He kind of reminded me a little bit of I mean, I guess he is the cook, essentially.
0: He basically replaces the cook, yeah.
2: I feel like he has way more authority than the cook did. He's also a little more
0: subtly insane. Whereas the cook is kind of manic. He's not really manic. He is obviously insane, but he's more like powerfully and intimidatingly insane. Not like
2: He goes from I'm kooky. he goes from telling her, "I care about people. I care about bodies to get that thing in the fucking trunk, you know, yes, like uh-huh.
0: that's it's for comedic effect, I think, but it's a really bad joke.
2: yeah, but what my point is is that it's very much like the cook in that he goes from being like caring about her to then enjoying hitting her, you know? yeah, that kind but- of back and forth between manic and sane,
0: right. I I wouldn't make that connection between the two characters. I think that's a stark difference between the two because I don't think when he was saying, I care about people, I think that's just something he was saying to them to maintain his level of authority. You're not allowed to look down on me or anything like that. Like, I care well enough. Now get that body in the car. God damn it,
1: I got just as much respect for a dead body as anybody around here
0: that nasty goddamn thing out of the backseat of my goddamn car. Put it in the trunk. What the hell's matter with you? Just an extension of his authority more so than it is. He actually cares, and then all of a sudden he doesn't. I don't think he ever cared. There is no part of him that cared.
2: So you don't think these people care about their new, the, the babies and the kids that they bring in?
0: I don't think she's a baby or a kid.
2: Well, but she was. They took her in as their daughter. Oh, I
0: don't think any of their, their murder victims mean anything to them.
2: She wasn't one of their murder victims. She oh, was you one think...
0: Of, oh. I thought she was that kid's
2: mom. No, she's one of the teens. She's been there for a couple years is what I imagine. She's been there the same amount of time as what, the kid from the ring has been there. What makes you think that? She's in the pictures that they find. With yeah, the I wasn't kid from too the clean... Ring. But the, what they
0: do, with the, they show you the pictures that they find twice, and it's really fucking weird because it's not clearly communicated exactly what we're supposed to be learning from those pictures. The only thing that anybody sees and goes, huh, is the first time they see the pictures, which is going to happen in a little bit, they recognize the girl who committed suicide in their van.
2: They're the also- second
0: time that she sees, uh, Aaron sees the... Pictures. She comes to the conclusion that they kidnapped that baby. But like, there's no explanation as to why that makes them think that because it's kind of unclear who the people in the pictures are.
2: Uh, Okay, well, here's what I got out of it. Uh I am not saying that the movie did a good job of explaining any of this. Right. The only thing I found interesting out of this movie was this whole story. So, like, I was paying very, very close attention, which is why I bring up the bracelet Uh and, like, all these little little things. And I'm like, you're not creating a mystery. I get it. Mm. They kill adults and eat them and they take their children so that they have a progeny because, obviously, these people... They're not bringing in new men, new men and new women for children. Yes. So They uh, need to
0: keep their sort of dynasty going. Yes. The whole point is that they're a family and they need to add to that family. I 100% agree with that.
2: And yes. the only way to add to it is to take the children sure. of the families that they kill.
0: I just don't know why you think that that makes the hitchhiker woman. I, we call her the hitchhiker, but she never hitchhikes. She's just walking down the street.
2: Specifically, I think that, I mean... I'm going to kind of glaze over it, Cause I'm not going to go through every single thing, uh-huh. but the pictures included uh-huh. the kid from the ring, the baby that she claims you stole her uh-huh. later yeah. with that lovely acting. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that the fact that she was alive,
0: I mean, yeah, but so I can't speak to the picture because like I say, I'm going to admit my own ignorance. I know what conclusions they came to. The movie doesn't clearly communicate why they came to those conclusions at all. That aside, we experience in quasi real time the sort of sedate reaction that the hitchhiker has of I just want to go home. All her walking down the street, I just want to go home. No, you're going the wrong way and then freaking out with Aaron who was never held in captivity by that point. Or maybe she was, but she just was. I can't remember where it falls in the storyline off the top of my head right now. I'll look at my notes. But my point is, is that we get an example in the movie that you only need to be aware of the fact that there's a chainsaw killer and that you're going to be kidnapped and potentially eaten for all of 20 minutes before you're like that. So the fact that she's like that doesn't lead me to believe that she's been with them for a long time.
2: I think that's just because the, the movie's, movie's bad. really yes. bad.
0: <laughs> but that's taking on faith that we can go to that conclusion that she's been with them for a while. I don't know either way. I'm just explaining my thought process.
2: I just think that the picture mm-hmm. is enough. I believe it you. connects her to the kid from the ring who we know they took when he was younger, when he was very young. which yeah. is why uh-huh. he calls that woman grandma. Yeah. So just. Pushing that all together makes yeah. me believe that she has been staying here for a while. Yeah. And life has been pretty shitty. And also, again, the fact that she is alive <laughs> says something.
0: So he just takes the body and goes, huh?
2: Yeah. But Not then for long. Beale shows up and she's just like, what the fuck's Kemper?
0: Yeah. Why isn't he back?
2: I would like to point out. In between the scene of the sheriff taking the body and leaving, uh-huh. and Beale showing up and being like, where the fuck is my boyfriend? Because I didn't hear him get murdered uh-huh. somehow.
0: Oh, the sheriff should be here any minute now. Oh, he's already gone. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. But in between that.
2: We get, like, maybe one shot of the house, and it feels random as hell, because we're... It do, this movie does not do a good enough job of taking you into the house, mm-hmm. taking you into a room that's I really agree. scary, I agree. taking you another room that's even scarier. It does not do any of that. This is just like, hey, we're just going to do a random quick run through the house. Okay, on to the next thing.
0: Yeah, I don't think that that is Pearl's fault as a cinematographer.
2: I think it's the director's fault. I do,
0: yeah, uh-huh. And the producers,
2: but one of the things, but the producers
0: that... include the original writers and the director. <laughs> I don't know how hands-on they oh, they were.
2: <laughs> but one of the random things we see mm-hmm. is a head on a plate.
0: Yeah, we see Harry Knowles's head on a plate. You guys might know him from Alamo Draft House and Ain't It Cool News. You also probably know him. We've talked about him on the show before where he had a guest spot in some other movie we were watching, some cameo moment, as uh, somebody who had multiple accusations of sexual harassment and assault.
2: Now, if you're excited thinking, oh, they did that after. No, they didn't. Yeah,
0: no. It, this, <laughs> is, this isn't like putting George W. Bush's face on a pike in Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, oh, we don't like this dickhead. Let's put him on a pike. No, it's it was a fun guest cameo moment for him because it was before all of that stuff came out.
2: So that sucks.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: it does stick out because there's nothing else really like that within the house that we see. So it does stick out. Yeah. That sucks.
0: Oh, yeah. It's very obviously... I mean, he's he's a bigger guy. He's a redhead with a big bushy beard. Like, you cannot miss him.
2: Because Beale has shown up and doesn't know where her boyfriend is, again... We cannot leave. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) More arguments about whether or not we can leave. We've
2: finally gotten rid of the body. We still can't go.
0: Yep. While they're still here, while they're waiting for Kemper, they end up finding a bunch of the cars. Uh, I already posted to Twitter in the meantime that, yes, I was wrong earlier on in the episode. They do, in fact, see the cars. (laughs) Ha ha! Kirk and... Ham, Chris- right? Yeah, yes. Yeah.
2: still says it's fine. I don't. I disagree.
0: Oh, that they have the cars there, you know, just beat down cars in the middle of nowhere is totally common. I still hold to that. But they they have a moment where they talk about it and everything. They're looking through it. They find a couple of things. Apparently, this is where they find a tooth or teeth. Oh, no. In the ground, they find what looks like a bridge or something like that.
2: There you go. Yes.
0: Like dental bridge.
2: Mm-hmm. And they're like,
0: who's that? I don't know. And they're like, this is really fucking weird. And then Morgan reaches into a car like a like a taillight. I don't know if it's a taillight that's been I, – I, I'm just going off of memory now, so I may be way wrong – But he puts his hand into like a hole, which I assume must be where a taillight used to be. I think that would be really interesting if somebody was shoved into a trunk and they had to pop out the taillight, (sighs) which is what you're supposed to do when you're locked in a trunk to get the attention of somebody behind you. But the place is so deserted that that doesn't help them at all. But it tells a little story. There's some implied storytelling there. I'm giving it the... Biggest benefit? Yeah, of Yeah, you doubt.
2: are giving a huge benefit yes. of the doubt. But
0: anyway, he reaches into some hole in a car, and then he freaks. Oh my god! It's one of those moments that is so predictable. You know, there's nothing in that car. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What would be in the car?
2: Right. So maybe it's the possum. Yeah,
0: maybe it's another possum. Huh? <laughs> um, and he's just playing around. Ha ha ha! I found a jar. What is it? I don't know. Looks like a jar full of piss with some pictures in it.
2: Yeah, it's so strange. And this
0: is where we get a picture of a family, which, see, when I saw the baby, I thought the baby we're going to see later. But I guess maybe it's Jedediah. I don't know.
2: So I think what happens is is that she fo- later Beale's gonna find a more recent picture. Well, we
0: get that same picture, and there's like more pictures around it.
2: I think there's a more recent picture uh-huh. of the baby, and that's when she says you stole that baby. Yeah, and we n- but in the picture they find here, I'm pretty sure it's the hitchhiker chick. Uh huh. And a younger version of Jedediah, and there's
0: like parents or something. Like yes. That. Yes. And then they turn the jar around, and we get. The picture of the hitchhiker lady. Yes, like a like a headshot almost. Mm-hmm. But it's the age that she is
2: when they this pick her up. Cheap well,
0: and that's why I'm thinking it's really unclear what they're communicating with these pictures, and they're obviously really important to the plot because they affect the plot twice.
1: <laughs>
0: but anyway, they go, "Oh my god, that's the hitchhiker," and that's when they freak out and they're like, "We got to do something. We need to look for Kemper right now."
2: I liked that they kept in the finding of the teeth.
0: Yeah, this is a little nod, to the, nod to the original. There's also a moment where Aaron uses a knife to open a lock, I guess, on an outhouse or something. Hmm. And, you oh, know, what, do you have a knife? Says the other girl, Pepper. And then she's like, yeah, it's my brother's.
2: Because Morgan's not my brother for some stupid I guess. reason.
0: Yeah. But these are all references to the original.
2: But yeah, Andy and Beal are going to go find Kemper. Yeah. Because we need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Before Beale and Andy can leave, the hitchhiker that they picked up yesterday says to her, who put you oh, in pepper. charge?
0: Pepper, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Excuse me, bitch?
0: About what we're going to do? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think my boyfriend and I did when we picked you up uh-huh. yesterday. You
0: can continue hitchhiking if you really want to. <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: And so go to the house, I right? I gotta say, I fucking love Andy running along the side of the house. Oh, I he love does! It. This, like, dun 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 <laughs> dun.
0: Because <dun>, <laughs> the idea is that Jessica Biel will go back to the house because they already know her, or at least Marty, old Marty does. I think that's his name, the guy in the wheelchair, and he'll recognize her, and she's like, "Oh, I left something here, or have you seen my boyfriend, or whatever," just just to distract him, and then Andy will go around the back.
2: Yes, but it's great. Yes,
0: he's it's like crazy. gets really low, <laughs> and yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unfortunately, he gets confronted by Leatherface. And Leatherface chases after him in the backyard through. I mean, do you think these people are doing the laundry at all? Let alone every single one of the three dozen white sheets that they own? A billion
2: white sheets. But let's talk about those white sheets. I get that it looked cool.
0: It does nothing?
2: No, the white sheets, he runs straight through them. Uh-huh. And they don't muck up the gears or anything. Those things are meant to chop wood, not she- not linens. Yeah. That's they would get caught chainsaw. up. Threads and stuff would get caught up in the gears.
0: That's a weird thing to get upset about. It really,
2: really bothered me because he just goes straight through them yeah. and nothing happens to that motor. Well, he's going to go through,
0: you know, flesh and bone, too. And they do in the original.
2: Right, but I don't mean that he is like, here's a sheet and I'm going to go across it. No, yeah, I mean he's like, pushing, They're waving all bunching up. And they're all and, yeah, bunching uh-huh, up and yeah. they would get caught in the motor. You can't I, yeah, yeah, claim I can see that, that they
0: wouldn't. I can see that. But none of them really fall off. The important part here is that Andy gets his leg chopped off.
2: Yeah, so while Andy is doing his Stealthy business And then getting caught Uh (laughs) Beal is trying to distract The dude in the wheelchair And she gets frustrated And I think she starts to hear That things are going on Back in the house And she basically just pushes him out of the fucking way And he's like You can't just go in my house Yeah (laughs) And it reminds me so much Of Adventures of Babysitting
1: Get out of my house (laughs) the hell are you doing
2: in my house get out of my house it's Just It's just so
0: funny how i remember i saw adventures in babysitting when i was very young once on television and i saw the the vhs in the in the video store a whole bunch so those things are ingrained in my mind but none of the content the only thing that i really really think about is the fact that the chick was really into Thor, and then Thor shows up. Like, that's that's all that I think about.
2: That's the Thor I knew. That is the only Thor I knew. <laughs> but so she is going to run through the house, and she's going to see some fucked up shit, and I think she's going to see that he's running after him with the chainsaw. And yeah. she just, okay, that's it, I'm done caring, books it. Uh Uh-huh. Back to the car. Go, 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 go. You know, very like, oh, God. Her, Morgan, Pepper, they've got a chance. They've got a chance Uh here. Car won't start. Yep. That car? It's gonna start later.
0: Yeah, she needs to hotwire it.
2: She's gonna crash it.
0: She needs to hotwire the car so we learn a little bit of character development that, you know, she had a troubled childhood.
2: Why does that matter? It It doesn't.
0: It but. Does nothing for the There's character.
2: Nothing for the plot. Not only, this is this is layered for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only does the car not starting not make sense.
0: Right. Because it will start? later. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Not only do you, well, she could get in an accident, which she does. So why didn't you just do that now? And then that car wouldn't have been any, even an option later.
0: Well, they need them to be driving so they can get pulled over later. And she picks locks like I would understand if it's like, oh, they need to explain why she knows how to pick locks. But she picks locks only to show that she had this troubled childhood and a brother that she doesn't see anymore or whatever. Like, which could have been more. But, <laughs> but none of that builds on her as a character has any impact on the future events. We don't need an explanation for why she's picking locks. We need her to pick locks for the explanation. Yep. And same thing with the with the hot wiring cars. It's it's backwards yep. and therefore useless.
2: Yes. This movie is terribly written. I wanna know why Morgan's not her brother. I wanna know who sat down and was just like, no. Not brother and sister. Yep. Why? <laughs> why? For God's I don't sake, know. why?
0: But yeah, I guess they take one of the extra cars and start driving
2: away. Yes. No, not here. Because here is where the sheriff is going to come back. Yeah, he found a joint. Well, he's going to first show up and be like, what's going on? Yeah. Who are you freaking out? And And she's she's freaking freaking the hell out. out. Yeah. But then he finds a joint. And reefer madness, guys. Uh Reefer madness.
0: And he makes him get out of the car, or the van, I guess. And uh, makes him go face down on on the ground and Jessica was freaking out my friends my friends
2: my friend my friend need help my friend right now my friend die my friend hurt. this is also where pepper is like we're going to die probably the best part of this whole scene is yeah pepper's just like we're going to fucking die but she's uh, freaking out like she screams it oh does she yeah. i thought she just says it i or think she's, she's like, like sobbing like, while yeah it like sobbing and just <laughs> You girls better get yourselves under control or I'm going to have to do it for you.
0: But anyway, he takes Morgan into the van because he has more questions about the crime and he needs him to reenact. I'm a more of a visual learner. I need you to walk me through exactly what happened. And he makes him do things like, you know, where was he sitting? Oh, about right here. And he's like, that doesn't line up with the with the bullet hole. Yeah, but there's there's a bloody mess on the seat here. I don't give a shit. And he makes him sit there and then he puts the gun up to the bottom of his chin. And because he doesn't want to put the gun in in his mouth, that's not what would make a hole in the back of your van like that, you know, etc. And so forces him to put the the gun in his mouth. And Morgan is really, really freaking out right now as well. He should be. And so when Jessica Beals like, Morgan, what is happening in there? And the sheriff turns to her. Morgan's like, ah, fuck you, fucker, and pulls the gun on him. And then Sheriff, I think, dares him to pull the trigger.
2: Yeah, but he wants him to. It's a trick. Yes. Because he wants to say, oh, you tried to kill a cop. Now yep. I'm taking you in for now murder. Now I get to
0: arrest you for attempted murder. I
2: think this is meant to scare you, but really, it's, it's, just, it's torture to me. Because you don't
0: know what's going to happen. You don't know. It's supposed to be a really tense moment.
2: Right. And I think perhaps it was. I knew what... I knew he wasn't going to die here, so, like, I wasn't on the edge of my seat. So maybe, like, when I first saw it, that I would have been on the edge of my seat. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's Uh going to happen? But there's so many things going on that it's just like, do you really think this cop would give you a gun that you could turn on him? Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah. I get that he's supposed to be freaking out because, oh, my God, you want me to shoot myself, don't you? Yeah, he
0: thinks he's trying to get him in a compromising position to either... Like, sort of urge him to pull the trigger because he's in so much stress, or put him in a position where it would be easy to kill him and make it look like a suicide.
2: Right. And I guess probably if he had tried to pull the trigger on himself, he could have said, oh, I gotta take you into jail for attempted suicide.
0: I think at the point where you're gonna pull a gun on a cop, though, if he's looking the other way, hit him. Take the gun. Hit him on the temple.
2: I mean, there's a billion things he could have done. I'm just saying it seems odd to me that he would think, oh, he did put himself in this position where I could just shoot him in the face. Yeah. Do you really think he would? But again, I guess it's supposed to be the tension is rising. Unfortunately, yeah. the film is not creating tension in us, particular audience. audience members. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Particular audience members, us, me and Chris, we're, we're not going to enjoy this kind of, uh, at least for me. Did you enjoy this? Did you think this was cool? No, I didn't. Okay. It's torture to me.
0: It wasn't even torture. I was just like, I kind of don't care. <laughs> I imagine Morgan's going to die by the end of the movie, and if he dies here, so be it. Like, it just was not tense at all.
2: I just, I, you know, making somebody who's crying, doing something that they hate, it's just like, no humans being humans. That's cool. Yeah. And I, again, I know that this comes up a lot. I'm just going to say it real quick. You might be thinking, what do you like about the horror genre? I like to be legitimately scared. Uh huh. I like to be wondering what the hell is going to happen next. I like wondering what the monsters are going to look like. What's going to pop out? Is there the ghost or is it in their head? Like that kind of shit scares me. Uh-huh. I don't like just, I'm going to taunt this person. Until they go insane. Yeah. So as he drives away with Morgan to be arrested. Yeah. We get the one, for me, scene that worked with Arlie Ermy. It's the one scene where he kind of brought a spark of a smile to my face and was a little bit charming and funny. Yeah. He's got this kid in the back that he's done nothing but torture. He's just like... Where are y'all going anyway? Why the fuck were you out here? Mhm. Going to a Skinnerd concert. <laughs> Skinnerd? No, I like Skinnerd. <laughs> no, I like Skinner. <laughs> he gets like legitimately yeah. like excited and this again brought thoughts of the cook back, you yeah, know? Uh-huh. Where he
1: He
0: can be charming and He fun. can be a good yeah, person uh-huh.
2: and is also an evil person.
0: Well, I think beyond good and evil, he you could be a charming villain.
2: Yes. But then of course he uses that as an excuse To be like well what are you going to do with those tickets And he goes are you, gonna you have can him?
0: have them Are you trying to bribe a police
2: officer He uses that as an excuse to get mad again I,
0: I mean it's a little clever On Arlie Ermey's character's part <laughs> But it's something that the movie didn't need Where were y'all headed
1: Dallas Skinner concert Skinner Hell I like Skinner I got how about that We got something in common, don't we? Well, what are you going to do with your tickets now, hot shot? Look at that. Is that bribery?
2: So he ends up punching him in the face, and the kid loses some teeth. Oh, with a glass
0: bottle, yeah. And then
2: he takes out his bridge and is like, Uh another thing we got in common.
1: (laughs) How about that? Look at that shit. We got something else in common now. (laughs) See that?
2: It's like the one scene (laughs) that I'm like, all right, I'll give it to you. That was fun.
0: So Morgan's gone now.
2: Well, that's when he says those two fillies are good to go.
0: Oh, he's talking to somebody on the radio. He's talking to
2: Leatherface, I assume. Uh huh. Which then finally, finally Morgan's like, Oh no. Yeah. Like, there's nothing
0: he can do about Jesus it. Jesus
2: Christ, how long did that take you?
0: <laughs> so, so. Back with Aaron and Pepper. Mhm. Leatherface shows up and we get some cool nighttime shots of Leatherface and I got to say this moment sort of threads the needle, walks the line. Between Goofy and really fucking cool and a little bit terrifying because Leatherface shows up. He attacks and kills Pepper through her down jacket. So she is killed by a chainsaw. How about that? We got a chainsaw death. (laughs) Goose down is just going everywhere. And it's in the air and it's kind of falling slowly as he turns and looks at Aaron he is wearing a new mask that we hadn't seen before, although we had seen him sewing.
2: Oh, yes. This was a... Fe- oh, my God. When I was in the movie theater, uh-huh. that mask scared the shit out of it me. It does not look
0: like, you know, oh, he he looks like a real person. No, it looks like a big dude wearing another dude's face as a mask. It's Kemper's face that looks back at Aaron
2: Okay, movie. All right. That scene, yeah. But it, it scared it's, the shit out of me. It's
0: like just on the line. It I could totally get how somebody could see this and laugh. Didn't know. But I I feel like I I it didn't scare me. It kind of brought joy to my heart a little bit.
2: Now see that shit is scary, and that legitimately is scary, and I, it's a little bit too scary for me. But that's what I like out of horror. Uh huh. Scare me. Uh huh. Use visuals that terrify me. Put me in Jessica Beale's position where she has not seen her boyfriend in hours. And she finally does. And is now on someone else's face. That is petrifying. Yeah. That is horror to me.
0: In the meantime, I don't think we talked about it, but he had taken Andy away. And hung him up on a hook, so he's the one that gets hung up on a hook, and then puts some salt on his leg wound, which is really not good for a human. It's not good health care, but it is a way to preserve... Meat. The meat, yes. So, he's doing what a butcher might do. Exactly, yeah. uh-huh. yes. Uh, so that, that happened earlier. It's going to be important because Aaron's going to find Andy a little
2: later. Yeah, that's going to happen. So she freaks the fuck out,
0: and she runs away, looking for another place to go. And she comes across this trailer.
2: Chris is not at all annoyed that she thinks that there are good people here. Well, because like I said earlier, like,
0: I I wrote down, I have a note here. This doesn't feel like a real place. It doesn't feel like real people live here.
2: Well, because they're not real. And
0: then I wrote down...
2: These are very unrealistic characters.
0: Did the first movie have the same problem? No. Well, I wrote, maybe it did, but it made up for it with its raw style and more grounded sort of scenarios that are happening. Uh, It feels like regardless of how crazy these people are, I look at the screen and I see human beings in the real world, like physically. When I look at this movie, it's so like... You know, color corrected and uh, like it just it feels like a movie. And I think that coupled with a world that doesn't feel populated by design. I understand it's supposed to feel like there's nobody out here. This movie suffers for that, whereas the original didn't. It felt that desertion, that deserted landscape felt more earned when you use a type of cinematography even though this is the same cinematographer and performance that makes everything feel more grounded. Whereas in this one, it doesn't feel grounded. We get a leather face who has like a fucking, you know, he, his face looks like uh. The dude from Repo the Genetic Opera with the wide grin. Or like Joker when he cuts his face off and then staples it back on.
2: Oh, uh, this version of the Leatherface? The Leatherface we're going to get after not, he takes off Kemper's mask. Okay, yes. Yeah. I was going to say, yes, I, I do not like the mask that they chose. It is not nearly as effective as the original because he the feels, original looks fucking real. Yeah, he
0: feels like a super shredder version yeah, yeah. of Leatherface. Mm-hmm. And it that's a problem. Yes, yes. I, it's just, You could say the same thing about Ninja Turtles 1 and 2, <laughs> where in the original Ninja Turtles, everything felt grounded and realistic, even though the fact that we're dealing with fucking mutant turtles. Agreed. Whereas in the second one, everything was more cartoony and Cartoon. upscaled
2: and like... But here's why I think the original works and this remake does not. Okay. It has the same problem that the John Wick series has. The more you expand the family... The bigger it gets, the more people that are involved, the more ludicrous and unbelievable it becomes.
0: Yeah, sorry to tell you, but we were not fans of John Wick 2.
2: When it's only three dudes, I Uh can believe that. Yeah. Three crazy guys that just happen to be all brothers and live together, Uh I can believe that.
0: Well, I got bad news for you.
2: What?
0: From what I understand, all of the sequel movies... Like every other movie is all about it being a killer family.
2: I understand that, and that is—I've always been fascinated by it, and uh-huh. it's always—and I've never even seen all the movies, but the fascination always—it sits on that line. Are you going to go into John Wick two? Are you going to go in John Wick one?
0: Right, where you take it just so far that now it's no longer believable, mm-hmm. and it's—and it's now feels we can like
2: say t- same thing about. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna go original, classic? Or are you gonna go ooze?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when I was a kid, it worked on me. Secret of the Ooze was my favorite of the two. But as an adult, it's like I can recognize that no, the first Ninja Turtles is just a good movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, neither here nor there. What we're talking about is we run into a new. Cast, <laughs> right? We get these two women, this emaciated woman, and this older, larger woman who's just like the tea lady that she doesn't even have a name. We have Henrietta, who is this Heather Kafka, and the tea lady in trailer, played by Kathy Lampkin. We get a weird moment. They're like, What? What are you talking about?
1: Oh, don't you get it? He's going to kill you. He's going to kill all of us. Oh, no, he won't. <laughs> He knows better than to be messing around here. (laughs) Everyone around here knows that poor sweet boy. Sweet boy. He's no harm. He always keeps to himself.
0: What? You know about this guy? He's coming after me and killing my friends, and they're not listening. They're like, just calm down, have some tea. Henrietta forces her to have some tea. I need to make a phone call. We don't have a phone.
2: And then she has a phone ring.
0: Yeah. And then the phone rings later on. And Henrietta goes back to the back room in this trailer, answers the phone, and then picks up this baby.
2: Well, the baby had already started crying. Yeah. Because Beale had yelled. Uh-huh. And this is when we get.
0: Well, then she answers the the uh, the phone. She looks at the at the photograph, so we get the photograph again, and then yeah, she comes in on her and is like, "I thought you didn't have a phone." And then
1: that's not your baby. <laughs>
2: you stole her. It must be nice to be gorgeous, right? That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> and then she
0: collapses because they drugged her tea, mm-hmm. and she wakes up in the house of Arlie Ermy and the waitress at the diner, who I. Yes.
2: is the matriarch.
0: Yeah, she's the matriarch. And I, Which
1: I'm going to say, as a feminist, uh-huh.
0: I appreciated it. <laughs> Old Monty, I think, is her brother. Arlie Ermey is her son. And I think so is Leatherface.
2: Oh, she! I know Leatherface is her son. She makes a huge deal about that. Oh, yeah. Why doesn't son, anybody care about wasn't me and my boy? Right?
0: Yeah, uh-huh.
2: I know you're kind.
1: Nothing but cruelty and ridicule for my boy all the time he was growing up does anybody care about me and my boy
2: the fuck
0: yeah so i'm not entirely sure about the family dynamic but then we also have jedediah the bigger it gets the who weaker is the grandson it gets. i agree arlie ermie wakes jessica beale up by pouring beer on her face and she freaks out and she's being held prisoner here
2: the kid from the ring won't have it
0: yeah like,
2: let her go, Granny. Grandma, don't you hurt her? <laughs> don't hurt her. Please, Grandma. You don't... shut up out there.
0: She ends up telling him to to take her down and lock her up or whatever, right? So he puts her right. She's not getting away. He's watching her this entire time.
2: They throw her down into the cellar. Yeah, they're going to so deal she's with her later. Around
0: into the cellar, she sees Andy, and his one good foot is tapping on piano keys. Because he's hanging above a piano, just because they wanted the eerie effect of the piano keys clanking.
2: Or perhaps you could say this torturous cannibalistic family enjoys listening to him as he plays out his last. That death would certainly
0: be interesting moments. if if they did anything with that. <laughs> but anyway, he's hanging by his back from a hook, and she and he's he looks like he's crucified because he's like holding himself up. I don't know if he's tied there. I don't think he is tied there. He's just Mm -hmm. like holding himself up. So then what's the point of the toe hitting the piano keys? I don't know. Anyway, she tries to lift him up, but she can't lift him high enough and drops him and it just slams him back down on the hook again. (laughs) And she's like, listen, I can't help you. I don't know what to do. And he says, you can help me effectively. I need you to kill me. Now, she takes a big old knife.
2: Can we pause? Yeah. Let's do a thought exercise. Uh huh. Legitimately, you are on a hook. Yeah. How can I get you off?
0: Uh, just pull that piano just a little bit further, so instead of tapping on the keys, I can stand on the fucking top of
2: it. A good call. It's a good call. What if there is not a piano?
0: Uh, the problem was is she wasn't grabbing him low enough.
2: Wasn't grabbing him low enough because
0: she wrapped her arms around him His, like wait, around waist. A- around the waist, and then already at, at He's pretty
2: too much heavy for her.
0: center of gravity, right? Okay. And then she's lifting up. So she is able to lift him up a little bit, but put your arms out in front of you in a circle. Just in front of you, right? How high up do you think you could lift a person like that?
2: No, you can't. You can't, yeah, right? So she
0: barely lifts him. Instead of grabbing him by like just below the well, the one knee, she just needs to grab him by the one leg, grab him lower, and then she has more room to move wouldn't and lift have, him up higher. Wouldn't
2: have been better for her To lift herself up in some way. Find something to stand uh on and get more of a grip. If she had
0: something to stand on, it could be something he could stand on. Do
2: you think? Because the implication is that they did this to Morgan and he's perfectly fine. So if she could have gotten him off of the hook, he'd be alive.
0: I think the movie tells us that yes. Although the problem is... I don't think she would get away with him being one legged like that.
2: Right. Okay, he's one legged. That's a good point. And she already had to help Morgan.
0: Well, she will. Yeah. Later. Yeah. So,
2: but theoretically, uh-huh. you put a human being on a hook. Uh-huh. And they're fine?
0: Well, depending on where you stuck him, if his lung isn't punctured, if you haven't uh severed his spinal column or anything like that, sure.
2: There's a certain...
1: And
0: we know that's not the case because he's doing little dingy-dingies with his toes. So he can move. He can move his body. He can move his limbs. It's just the fact that he's one-legged and it's slower down. But that's not the point. The movie's point is is that there's nothing she can do to get him down.
2: Right. But I just want to know. I'm Mm -hmm. just curious. Yeah. If nothing gets hit inside, you can be fine.
0: Sure. You can get shot and live. Come on. (laughs)
2: 50 times it depends 50 times people it's not
0: 50 times it's like 7 or something or maybe more but anyway another thought experiment I'm hanging on a hook I'm missing a leg I'm not coming down I'm going to be tortured and eaten by this family I know what you're gonna say (laughs) I ask you to kill me and there's a big knife handy what do you do?
2: First of all, I'd I'd ask what you'd want me to do, because I'd be terrified to do it wrong. Fair enough. If you could not speak to me for whatever reason. Uh Uh-huh. See, now I know what the correct answer is, but do you want to know what I would think to do? What would you think to do? I'd be like, do I cut the neck? Yeah, maybe. It might not be, it'd be,
0: it would ensure that I die.
2: I'd want it to be painless. It
0: wouldn't be painless. (laughs) Okay. What would You're saying that is a
2: heart would be painless? It'd be a lot less painless. Less pain. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know that. I got you. I got you. Covered. Okay.
0: <laughs> because, you know, you slit somebody's throat and they end up not being able to breathe. Their lungs fill with blood. Like, it's not a happy time.
2: Oh, my God. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I would put, I would be Beale. I'd be Beale. I wouldn't do what Beale did, but that's probably what
0: Really, what you want is the fastest death, not so much the pain or anything like that. You want a fast death. What you don't want to do is shove that knife up into their gut so they bleed out slowly.
2: But in the movie, he dies immediately. Oh, yeah. No, no, no.
0: You put it, you find where my ribs are above my heart, you put the knife in between those ribs, and then you slam hard against the handle of that knife.
2: That's also how you get rid of vampires.
0: Yeah, like stake through the heart.
2: Alright, so just think of you as a vampire. Got it. Yeah, there
0: you go. (laughs) So anyway, she kills Andy. This whole time, Leatherface is just watching her. Was he? This is like 15 minutes of the movie. Okay, this movie is 15 minutes longer than the other movie. It's still just over an hour and a half. With the credits and everything. So... It's really not that long, but it feels a whole hell of a lot longer. And it's 15 minutes longer, and all of this, like, watching her run around? is boring and pointless. I wrote down, I mean, it's kind of boring. I have, unlike the original, which seemed short, at an hour and 23 minutes, this feels interminable, at an hour and 38 minutes. And that extra 15 minutes they had, they didn't do anything of substance with, What, we get to see Leatherface watch Aaron kill Andy and find Morgan, and that's it? Like, what do they really do with that extra 15 minutes that's of any value to the success of this movie? The first one, part of the reason it's so great is it's really straightforward. You know? You could do a lot with it when discussing it, too. Mm -hmm. But... It's this happens, and then this happens, and then there's the big moment of terror at the end, and then she gets away.
2: I love a straight-through plot line. I yeah. love a fast pace. This paced just meanders this, around and this. Mm, okay, it doesn't just meander, it does fucking U-turns!
0: Oh, okay, so it's gonna get even worse, right? So she finds Morgan. Morgan's still alive and has a hole in his back. Then they manage to escape. Does Jedediah let them out? Jedediah like Oh no That's what happens They're trying to get out And then Leatherface Is trying to stop them And then Jedediah like Bites his hand And then Leatherface throws him Against the wall
2: I just I think it was too dark For me to really tell What was going on Yeah But you know So the question is What's gonna happen To Jedediah now? Well hey You know what I'm gonna give credit Where credit is due When I was 16 This scared the shit out of me Uh huh So You're talking about Specifically how boring This scene is I'm talking about I had to run out of the theater.
0: Like, the movie keeps starting and then stopping again is my point. That's what I mean right? by U-turns. Like, it. it's, oh, my God, Leatherface kills Pepper, and now she needs to run. And then she finds a place with people in it, and we're going to have tea time. Yes. And then she gets knocked out. Yes. And, oh, my God, there's everyone he- down here. Okay, then they throw her into the basement, and she's yep. just going to go exploring for a while. Yes. They get out because Jedediah helps them. Yep. And then they run. To another house. And now it's Heidi time. Yep. And she shoves Morgan because he can't do anything into like a closet. And then she hides in another closet. Uh, There's this whole tense moment where Leatherface doesn't know where they are. And the rats climb on
2: her and whatever. Oh my God. The rats were so stupid.
0: And then Leatherface grabs her, attacks her. Like what he does is he finds out, I guess, where she is. And then goes around outside to the back of the house where the wall that she is at is. And then two hands burst through the wall and then grab her and pull her out. Like he's fucking Jason or something. Yeah. And how did he just happen to know exactly where her body was? Also, also, it's Leatherface. He has a revving chainsaw and he just punches through a wall. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect opportunity for a chainsaw to come coming through that wall right next to her head.
2: Yes, agreed. And they didn't do it?
0: They didn't do it. Instead, he magically can see through walls, knows exactly where to punch through and wrap his arms around her and then yank her back out. Yeah. Anyway, Morgan pops out to save her and instead... He grabs Morgan.
2: Maybe that's an homage to when they grab Pam, but I'm sorry, it's nothing it's Yeah, it's a little
0: bit grabbing from behind as she's struggling. But it's not
2: nearly as good as the Pam grab. And also, she's <laughs> gonna get caught by Leatherface, and so Morgan is gonna do the gentlemanly thing uh-huh. and jump out and of the like shadow and save her. Yeah, and then she's just gonna be like, "Cool, thanks." I'm soon and to watch then just dies as now he's captured. <laughs> like she could have done the exact same thing uh-huh. that he did.
0: He's able to hang him up by the the lamp, the ceiling lamp, with the handcuffs, like he's meat. And then Chainsaw right up through the crotch, killing him. That's the second Chainsaw death, more Chainsaw deaths than the first movie. At least, I guess.
2: It's around here that he cuts his own leg again, right? Sure. I'm pretty sure. I don't even remember. Pretty sure Leatherface accidentally cuts his own leg again. Uh, Again, chasing after her, I'm pretty sure. She sees a car who doesn't stop for her, which I'm just like, why was that in the movie? Uh Why did we keep that in? Like she's gonna have to filler, go back filler, to the cars
0: filler, again. Filler,
2: filler, filler, and then she's filler. running
0: again, and we're all gonna slow down as she
2: for goes the into meat for the company. meat packing company,
0: <laughs> which which we saw at the very beginning of the movie. But doesn't factor into the story at all.
2: It's almost like they set this up to be, and I know that they this was a haunt at Knott's Berry Farm. It's almost yeah. like they had to set it all the yeah. rooms up for the haunt.
0: <laughs> I have written down, now we're in Rocky's training gym. <laughs> Just end already. Because she goes into these areas where these slabs of cow meat are hanging from the hooks. Uh, you know, what Rocky would punch when he was training. I do uh, like what she hides
2: in between them. Yeah, that was a well shot scene. She
0: hides. Yeah, it's kind of like enclosed around her. That's cold. She's scared.
2: She doesn't like the meat, but she's willing to hide. I like this is like the moment where she actually legitimately looks scared to me. Yeah, like she legitimately looks at every sound she hears is is very terrifying for her. So Jessica Biel, you got a good scene. Yeah, you got one. You got
0: one. So again, run, 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 run. No, no, Hide no, 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 no. in the hold on. Okay. Hide in the meat packing plant. Okay, yes. And then ah uh, there he is. Run
2: run 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 run. Hide in a locker. Yes. And then tell them about her miraculously oh amazing god. plan. Oh my god.
0: So he passes by her and then he hears motion in one of the lockers and he opens the locker and what did I say?
2: It's a pig.
0: I said there's going to be a pig inside there. Sure enough. There was a pig inside the locker. Like, it was so obvious. It's absolutely not going to be her. And did that happen another time in the movie where I was like, oh, they're setting us up to believe that she's in there and she's not. Oh, coming up later. It's coming up later. They do the same bit again where we're supposed to think that she's in this thing and then she's not. Right? So it's just a pig. So he's distracted. So she bursts out of her locker with like a meat cleaver or something.
2: Chops off his arm.
0: First of all, she waits until he turns around and is able to see her come out of the locker. Oh, it's locker. very mad. His back was to you. What the fuck were you doing? So anyway, she comes out, chops his arm off, but the chainsaw is still going, and his hand is is gripped around it, so it's still revving. And as, as she runs away, the chain hitting the ground is causing this chainsaw attached to the arm to just helicopter around, <laughs> and and Leatherface has to step on it. <laughs> To stop it from moving, so it, which I think is more silly than they want it to be. I think this is supposed to be a victory moment for her. But and the fact that he, he just steps on it, and he's like, stop moving, you know, whatever is supposed to be, maybe a little bit intimidating. But instead, I thought it was hilarious. I think it's real. It's hilarious. If
2: Leatherface can't get a hold of his fucking chainsaw, what's he gonna do?
0: Also, I have here the arm spinning around, still grabbing onto the chainsaw. It's hilarious, actually. But I don't believe she could have done that. Takes, like, three hacks in his arms off.
2: Oh, yeah. And with him fully looking at her and everything, when she had the fucking drop on him, she yeah. could have cut his neck! Yep. She could have given him a long, painful death.
0: So this is almost the last we're going to see of Leatherface. She's going to run back to the street. She's going to stop a truck driver. And we're going to have the moment just like with the lady hitchhiker at the very beginning of the movie uh. where she's so exhausted and freaked out that she's practically comatose. And she's like, uh, "What? Where, where are you going? I want to go home. And he's driving. And then she sees like an ad for the restaurant or whatever she sees. And she's like, no, you're going the wrong way. Which again was so incredibly fucking predictable. Yep. And he's freaking out. Oh, my God, there's something wrong with this young lady and stops at the diner gas station thing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or their house. I don't remember. One of the two doesn't matter. They're there and runs in to, like, get help. Help, help. This lady, she's distressed. Somebody's attacked her or something. She's freaking out. She nearly run us off the road and then sends them back out there to the truck. And now Arlie Ermy is sort of like walking around the truck and he's gonna open the door, and we see her tucked down under the dash, trying to trying to again hotwire the car mm-hmm. to get it to start. Mm-hmm. And what did I say? She's not in that truck. And they just milk it for everything that it's worth. Sure enough, he opens the door and there's nobody in there. Instead, mm-hmm. the car. That's elsewhere.
2: His car. His oh yeah, the, the cop car, car. Yeah,
0: starts up and then runs him over like the hitchhiker from the first movie. Except, and good on her. She puts it into reverse, backs over, puts it into drive, drives over him a third time. Awesome. That is what you do when you're in a scenario like this and you get to run somebody over. Don't just hit him with your car. Yeah, no. And Several leave times
2: them. over. Run him over and over and over and over again. And over over again. again. <laughs> So you can see their skull. Yeah. Also, she stole that baby back.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot. And it ain't
2: crying for shit. I forgot. Most relaxed baby ever. The
0: baby's in the car, and she's able to drive away. So, Jedediah, we don't know what happened. Uh, Henrietta appears to still be alive. The tea lady still appears to be alive. The The
2: truck driver, we don't know what happened. Yeah,
0: we don't know what happened to him. He's probably like, oh, shit. (laughs) The matriarch is still alive. And Leatherface is one armed. We find out he's still alive. When we go back to oh
2: dear god, oh crime this was scene the tour biggest footage. fucking mistake they could have done. So
0: fucking stupid. It's so bad. So a county, I don't know who it is, police officer is walking them through the crime scene lot like we saw at the very we saw beginning. At the very beginning, right? yeah. And so they're looking around, they're noticing oh teeth and hair and stuff like that, and they go into the. Basement. Now, remember, bodies and- if
2: cops are there uh-huh. with recording equipment, uh-huh. other people have been there, too. Yes. And know what to expect and know that there are cops there. Where are all the other cops? You might be thinking, we're not going to answer that just yet because, no. because there is no
0: answer. Instead, well, there's an answer. It's just a shitty answer. Instead, Leatherface comes popping out and kills both of them.
2: It is supposed to be like a gotcha scare. Yeah, It is nothing but hysterical. And
0: we get to see his face.
2: I burst out fucking laughing. And
0: so what does John Larroquette say with his ending narration?
2: They hadn't completely looked over the property. Yeah,
0: the crime scene was not properly secured by Travis County police.
2: <gasps> oh
0: my God. So not only did that mean that they didn't find Leatherface where he was hiding, but also that he was able to kill these two police officers and get away.
2: And get away.
0: (laughs) This is the only known image of Thomas Hewitt, the man they call Leatherface. The case today still remains open. What a dog shit ending.
2: Oh my God. They also, it was almost like, we don't want to have sequels. Don't make sequels. (laughs) So what did they do? They made a fucking prequel.
0: Right. Well, they made a prequel to the original.
2: Oh, I thought they made the prequel. And to they this made one. and they made
0: another sequel to the original, like to to say that the other sequels didn't happen, like Halloween did. Okay. So
2: it doesn't matter.
0: It doesn't matter. This <laughs> is a garbage remake. A few, a few diamonds in the rough here. Cinematography is really good. The
2: cinematography is. But the post production
0: is. Post-production good. is Terrible. The editing, the color correction, all of that's really bad. The acting is more or less garbage. But yeah, there are some fun moments which we mentioned, we specifically called out. What do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Nine. 37%. An unnecessary remake that's more gory and less scary than the original. A Metacritic of 38. Wow. And a cinema score of a B. Oh.
2: Well, okay, okay, I'm saying, said, I'm saying.
0: If we, if we think about the movie in the context of when it came out, mm-hmm. it did some things that hadn't really been seen before.
2: They were terrifying at the time.
0: Yes. I will give it credit for that. So do you think that 37% Rotten Tomatoes, 38% Metacritic, do you think that's overrated or underrated? Overrated. Okay. What would you give it?
2: I will give it a 20
0: I don't know if I would go that low. I do think that 37 is still too high, but I could probably give it a solid 30.
2: When your shock ending makes me laugh, that's real bad.
0: It is real bad. You are right. I was uh, pretty disappointed by this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big bummer, especially after getting to see the original again.
2: And since I hadn't seen the ending, guys, I didn't know that that's what happened. Yeah. Like... I watched, I I think I told you at what point I yeeted out of the theater.
0: (laughs) Stop stealing my (laughs) turn. To yeet something is to throw it with no regard. Like, that's what yeeting something is. So you can yeet yourself out a window. You can yeet something off a cliff. You can't yeet out of a movie theater. (laughs)
2: I think it might have been somewhere in the Morgan no I thought I saw more in the meat pack somewhere in the meat packing company yeah I uh-huh. just lost my shit and ran out of the fucking theater so I had no idea this ending was coming so it's it had it had the option uh-huh. it had the option to, to scare there. me yeah <laughs> it had the option to oh, have a good ending
0: yeah uh uh-huh.
2: and it chose not to have a good one
0: I wonder what you would have thought of the ending if you had stuck around. I wonder. Probably would have been more effective. Probably. All right. That is the end of our double feature week.
1: The late night double feature feature show.
0: Covering the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974 and 2003. What are we watching next week, Kelsey?
2: Next week, we are going to continue a series.
0: Really? What series, pray?
2: We're going to watch Alien 3. Woo-woo! Yeah? Yeah? Excited for Fincher's installment? I mean,
0: Fincher is one of my top five directors, but he has sort of disowned this movie because it was his first major motion picture. He was a music video guy. He was so pissed off at the studio's interference that... He said, I will never make another movie again if I don't have control over it. And he didn't. I mean, part of me is is just looking forward to seeing this as sort of a car crash, knowing what I know now about the Alien franchise and Fincher. Because the last time I saw it was, I don't know, maybe I was 13 or something.
2: But this is before Seven, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, I think the next thing he directed was Seven, actually. Yeah, Alien 3, and then he went back to music videos the next movie he directed was seven. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this is why without getting into the details, this is why I'm a Fincher fan. So you go, you start with alien three, but then you get seven, the game fight club panic room, which regardless of whether or not you think it's a good movie, it is so incredibly directed Zodiac. The one Fincher movie. I've never seen the curious case of Benjamin button, the social network, the girl with the dragon tattoo, gone girl, Oh, you know what? I haven't seen Mank either. I haven't seen that yet. We need to watch that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Alien 3. What are we pairing it with?
2: With life.
0: Right. The other space alien parasite.
2: They found life on Mars.
0: Yeah. I remember when we first watched that, to give you a little bit of a teaser, Kelsey was not a fan.
2: I don't remember it at all. I had no memory that... Ryan Reynolds was in it. There's
0: a lot of people in this movie.
2: I knew that Jake Gyllenhaal was. Yeah. I forgot that Ryan Reynolds was.
0: So that is next week. Thank you again to Harry, Mike, and Nina for recommending we do both of these movies. Yes. Uh, It was a lot of fun, and I know this is going to end up being a very long episode.
2: (laughs) I'm very glad that I got to see the original. Never would have seen it.
0: Until next week, you can always find us at our website, podcemetery.com. Highly recommend you follow us on Twitter because we put up a lot of extra content. Uh, Follow the link in the description of this episode to see what we posted for this one. That's at podcemetery if you want to follow us there. Subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice and rate and review. A five-star written review is the biggest help you can give us there. Even bigger than that is sharing us with your friends and even bigger than that, is listening in the G.D. first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris.
2: I've been Kelsey.
0: And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last
1: words?
2: That's the last goddamn hitchhiker I ever pick up.
1: Beautiful, beautiful Texas Where the beautiful blue bonnets grow We're proud of our forefathers Who fought at the Alamo You can live on the plains or the mountains Or down where the sea breezes blow And you're still in beautiful Texas The most beautiful place that I know And you're still in beautiful Texas The most beautiful place that I know.
0: Shit, what was I going to say? Fuck, 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 fuck. Hold on. Give me a second. Yes.
2: (laughs) You can take this out. What was that show you were showing me a commercial for? No one's life. Is worse than mine, and then in comes a person in a wheelchair.
0: Oh, that was um. <laughs> oh God, Abby, something. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we got to try that show out. See if it's any good. I just <laughs> give me a second, and I will find it. I really want to know. I want to get the name of this show, especially so we don't forget it. Work in progress is the name of the show with Abby McInnany.
2: Well, it was very poignant.
0: <laughs> the reason they're, no, they're not. That's in the remake. I'm not going to say it.
2: Yeah, you were going to say concert.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it was.
2: Quit goofing on me. Are you so fresh and so clean, love?
0: So fresh and so clean, clean.
2: Is that you, princess?
0: Yeah, ain't nobody dope as her. <laughs> the original begins with the film you are about to see and is the film you are about to see is an account of the tragedy with. Fuck. Remix.
2: Yes. It's just.
0: So if they already found the crime scene and everything, why is it that 30 years later the crime wasn't solved? We'll find out by the end. But.
2: Do you just want to say it now?
0: No, I think it's funnier if we get to the end and we reveal that's the big twist. Okay.
2: Oh, you know what? I lied. There is another one where we do get a better representation, but not great. Friday the 13th.
0: Oh, yeah. Dream Warriors. It's a good point.
2: Oh, that's not even what I was thinking of. But you are correct, too. Although that is because he tried to commit suicide in...
0: Oh, you're right. ...in
2: Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, But Friday the 13th, part two? Oh, you said Friday the 13th? I
0: I did. I I heard Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) for my entire life i have sort of conflated those two names and i always even after watching those movies so many times <laughs> and doing this show i always have to stop and and think for a beat before Ooh. i commit
2: and nightmare does the whole like he considers the chair like his worst nightmare oh
0: yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh this episode was recorded in four sessions can you tell
2: a great gift idea
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Would be to get my Rocket Games.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: My very specific Oregon Trail, like volume, like,
0: volume two, I think is. Sup- you it's had. one of them. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: <laughs> it's not the first one,
0: right? Um, but three is too complex. Two <laughs> is just right. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> and um, actually, no, I loved the ones. Oh my god. Yeah. So okay, I just thought of something. Okay. So you know how much I fucking love RDR2. Yeah. And you know how much I fucking love going up to people and talking to them at the fucking uh, campfires? Sir! I mean like to talk to them at the camp. Yeah, uh-huh. Right?
0: They tell these weird fucking stories. Yes. yes uh-huh.
2: there is a version of Oregon Trail. It was my favorite one. Oh, where
0: you can talk to people where, when you get where to would just to the, go and yeah. have
2: a conversation with a random ass person and they would tell you a random ass story. I fucking loved that.
0: Yeah, I think that's too. I
2: loved it. I
0: think. I could be wrong, but I can find something for you.
2: Um, and my original Roller Coaster Tycoon and all of my original Sims games. Mm-hmm. Give me just two weeks to myself with all that shit. All
0: right. You want to take us away?
2: Take me away.
1: A special place. I don't think that's take the me right
2: away. pitch or tone. Or <laughs>
1: What's in my head?
2: <laughs> we get the one for me scene that worked with Arlie Hammer, not Arlie Hammer. <laughs> what is it?
0: Arlie Ermy.
2: Arlie Ermy. We know this lady. I knew her. She's famous, right? The one who Henry, you stole her.
0: The 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 emaciated looking one. Yeah. No,
2: we don't know her. No. Do you know her name?
0: Heather Kafka. I'm looking her up. She. No, can't be. That's 2017. Wrong one. Oh, nah. She plays a character called Susan in one episode of The Leftovers. Woman at Carl's Jr. in Idiocracy. Where the Heart Is.
2: Where the Heart Is. Where is it? Where? When? What year?
0: Delphia. Or Delphia. I don't know. I've never seen Where the Heart Is probably in the country somewhere am i right
2: <laughs> where the heart is
0: oh i remember this movie natalie yeah. portman and ashley judd mm-hmm. yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: hey what did i say it's oklahoma
2: yeah must be that you know who i think i thought she was huh i think i thought she was anne Haish.
0: Well, she has a little bit of an Anne Haitian, I know what you did last summer vibe going for her, sure.
2: Yes, Uh that's what it is. I thought it was Anne Haitian.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, and then, like, it's just, and then, then here, slabs of cow beef are hanging from cow beef, that's redundant. Slabs of cow meat are hanging from the hooks.